0: Guess we'll just have to get by on our uh, comedy improv skills. Yeah, better pull it up. The (laughs) marvellous. If I pull it up, I'm assuming you mean the quality of this podcast.
1: Once again, aboard Beef Station Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound I'm Oscar The
0: country is on fire It's on fire, I'm looking outside It's smoky, it's hazy We're fucked (laughs)
1: Three weeks in, people in Canberra finally started to complain about it Like, hold
0: on, there's smoke! (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking at the planet from up above Here on Beef Station (laughs) And uh the the smoke detectors on the ship are going off, and I'm Andrew.
1: Literally had to take the batteries out of our smoke detector this morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, so
0: that should date this episode nicely. It's at the it's at the kick of the climate <laughs> crisis, folks. Uh, it's in, all happening. We're recording Here this in, in
1: 1997. Yeah,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Maybe the maybe <laughs> turn of in the industrial revolution. <laughs> I think
1: I'm Oscar. That's Andrew. This uh, is an edit point. Let's <laughs> dive. <laughs> Welcome to our Don't movie. do <laughs> dare introduce me. <laughs> Welcome to our movie podcast. Twice every <laughs> week we dive allegedly into a new movie, an old movie, or some weird uh, monstrosity we found on Netflix. This week we are covering Knives Out, mm. Ryan Johnson's new modern day murder mystery drama comedy. So, yes, stay tuned for later in the episode where we will talk about Knives Out. We just saw it a little while ago. We're going to cover it extensively. Got a bit of news, bit of special features to cover up Yeah, at the top of the show, though. Let's do it. Most important news. Beef Bulletin. Beef Bulletin, sorry. Beef Park. Bulletin. <laughs> Most important news of the week is that Kumail Nunjani has gotten absolutely jacked <laughs> to the tits. <laughs> this just his- in. Kumail Nunjani, <laughs> Shredded. Uh, for his role in the new Marvel Eternals. I don't know whether it's a series or a movie or whatever the fuck is. Who gives a fuck? But he looks absolutely jacked. Like yeah. Hugh Jackman Wolverine. You can see all his veins popping and shit. There's two photos circulating.
0: That one is the main one. It's kind of a side like side a 45 profile. degree angle. That one, much better. Much better lit. He's got like an he looks,
1: he looks golden. Yeah, he's got like a six pack or an eight pack. Yeah. Maybe it's a seven pack. He looks absolutely His spectacular. His abs don't line up. Is that baffling? No, they're a bit weird aren't they? Yeah,
0: it's very strange. He Listeners, looks... Google Kamal Nanjani ripped, Kamal yeah. Nanjani jacked, Kamal Nanjani shredded. All of those will lead you to this strange picture that we're Man, talking about. You know,
1: you've done a good job when just Kamal is trending worldwide. Yeah, just ju- Kamal, <laughs> just because yeah. he looks hot.
0: But I think it's it's not because like I don't
1: know. Well, because the last for the last six seasons of Silicon Valley, he's been this like he's just kind of IT a guy schwab kind of yeah, nerd dude. Exactly. So it's like surprise, he's ripped. Yeah, he absolutely did, ripped. He did accompany
0: the posts on uh, Instagram, Instagram I was gonna with say, a big yeah. big big captions about like how the only way you could achieve this is basically by...
1: He's being paid full-time to work out for a year and he's got all these nutritionists yeah, and dietitians and... The full force of Hollywood behind yeah. him. Good on him, though. I yeah. love how Kamel is like absolutely like the star of the whole fucking planet at the moment. He's in Silicon Valley. He's Oscar-nominated screenwriter. People think he's hot now. Yeah. He just did some fucking dumb podcast about video games five years ago and cancelled it. It was, like, my favourite podcast five years ago, and he cancelled it to, like, pursue other shit. We are like, yeah, man, whatever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're going to go make it big, are you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Be a big shot Hollywood guy. Well, look,
1: he's he a big shot right, Hollywood yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, a couple... A little bit of news about Quentin Tarantino here. Of course, he's sort of been publicising and sort of swinging his dick around, saying, like, one more movie, then I'm done. Um, he gave... An interview recently talking about his upcoming projects mm. says he's steering <laughs> Did away. Did say
0: project or projects? <laughs> he's
1: like, ah, yeah, gotcha. Quentin Tarantino says projects. Um, no, he says he's steering away from this Star Trek. Uh, You know how he was saying Oh I've written this fucking Star Trek thing Whatever He said he's steering away from doing that Looks like it might not necessarily happen I feel like it was never gonna happen
0: Yeah it's pretty funny if he's like No it's I'm steering away from it And the the whole Star Trek franchise Just like Yeah (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Don't remember ever signing on to that one
1: yeah, well, he said he. He said in his interview with uh, Consequence of Sound that he hasn't even really had a an official conversation with those yeah. with people yet. So I think he it just seems wrote like a it was, Star Trek script yeah, it and was,
0: was like, "I'm going to direct a Star Trek movie," and everyone I was like, like, "Whoa, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa,
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. He, he's never said he's going to quit showbiz. It sounds like he's going to be like, no, nah, it's my writer-director. Yeah, he'll probably new- just
0: executively produce yeah, shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or, or whatever. But he said he might even still write stuff. He's just not going to be like, you know, there's there's auteur projects he does where it's like, there's a writer-director, producer, fucking everything done by Quentin Tarantino things. He's not going to be doing those anymore. Right. Um, it looks like, though, Kill Bill 3 might be happening. Right. Um, in, a, in a similar sort of round of press, um, so, is that going to be his final project? Well, it says, yeah, like, likely, yeah. Wow, uh, that's <laughs> Kill Bill 3 is quite definitely in the cards and is likely to be his next movie. Uh, he explained that he's been talks with... Well, we've, we've known before. He's been in talks with Liam Thurman about the shit and sort of yeah. talking about this new script. Um, he talked to some bloke on Sirius XM radio... Um, about how he's still talking with him with him and he's still nutting, nutting stuff out, so to speak. Um, and <laughs> uh, has an idea of what he wants to do and he's going to be seeing if he's going to pursue that as the next film. I don't know. This all sounds like the same sort of wishy washy bullshit that happened with Star Trek. Um, yep. It's
0: not news.
1: Yeah, he said that the third Kill Bill, pro- the third Kill Bill, will be his next project, which he'll begin work on once he's wrapped on a play and a five episode TV series that he'd <laughs> written before. Once spot a time in Hollywood. What? Uh, I I wouldn't mind seeing a five episode TV series written by. Tarantino. Yeah, but it's I like a miniseries type thing. Oh yeah, I think a lot of the TV that's been popular recently, they're sort of long-form shows about nothing. Like I don't know, Breaking Bad to some degree, sort of waffles on quite a bit, mm. and that was hugely popular. Game it's of not Thrones. About nothing, but it's like yeah, it's just, like character-driven rather than story-driven. Really, yeah. Game of Thrones, obviously huge show, and that was a lot more character-driven stuff. And I think that Tarantino's shown that he can do these bi- like uh, once upon a time in Hollywood is definitely a show that's almost kind of about definitely a movie that's kind of almost yeah. about nothing. Yeah. And it's I think it's sort of... Character-driven. I think the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would have been a great TV series. Like a mini-series. Once Upon a Time
0: in Hollywood would have been a
1: great series. <laughs> <laughs> that's what... Mm. Uh, yeah, but... because that for a fucking... There's like a, di- <laughs> there's like a director's cut that's like three hours or four hours or some shit. So, like, he's clearly got the ability to write these big, long worlds that go for approximately four or five hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that sounds exciting. I, it sounds like he's got yeah, he's, all this He's clearly got shit. the ability to ignore an editor. <laughs> oh, God. It's just... Yeah. Fucking. Yeah. Scorsese needs to cut down the Irishman. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: There it is. I can feel it bubbling its way to the surface.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh controversial Cats film was remade after critical fan reaction. Great. So the year of bullying, working, baby. They sonicked
0: it. Bullying works.
1: Director Tom Hooper, I'm reading from NME here, Director Tom Hooper reveals that the hugely negative backlash to the trailer uh, made them have a little rethink. Um, The fascist
0: online left (laughs) does it again.
1: When they released this back in July, he says, Fuck it, they're all dogs now. <laughs> Wait, what? No. Oh, uh, when, when the trailer was released back in God, July. Oh that would rock <laughs> so
0: much. Dogs. Fuck it. Yeah.
1: He says that he seemed like the um the main piece of feedback that he's taken from all this crazy fan backlash that he's gonna take on board is that it's it <laughs> seems like the faces in the animation. Seemed a little unclear. He says the problem with the trailer is that the faces got lost in the effects, so we went back to the designs with those comments that sort of helped guide guide them to retool the special effects. Right, which I think is a I don't know. It's not unco- It's it's not unheard of, especially with the Sonic thing. When fam- famously, when Christopher Nolan had his ten minute opening of The Dark Knight Rises at the beginning of oh, some weird movie. It was like Mission Impossible, or there was some need not Need for Speed, fucking... <laughs> I'm going to say Mission Impossible. Let's, let's right. say the Mission Impossible thing, there was like 10 minutes of the, the Dark Knight Rises before that. Okay. And there was a lot of feedback online <laughs> at the time about how no one could understand what Tom Hardy was saying. Oh, And so yeah, they dialed yeah, yeah. down the voice filter a bit. Right. And so I think if you look up that original 10 minutes, you can. it's like it's a lot more difficult to understand what Bane is saying. I'd love to watch a,
0: a version of The Dark Knight Rises where Bane's voice filter is turned up distorted. The
1: like, <laughs> <laughs> and, <yeah.
0: laughs> and no one can hear what he's saying. And everyone's just like Excuse me? <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's like pyro from tf2
1: <laughs> good shit yeah. yeah that would be great
0: and then or maybe they could do it like um early star wars where like it's like pyro from tf2 so he's just like <laughs> and
2: everyone's just like
0: yes i know we're gonna rob the bank bang.
1: <laughs>
0: it's like chewy <laughs> yeah good shit <laughs>
1: Uh, following on from that Cats news, Cats producers defend trailer after Backlash. Quote, they were probably people who didn't know cats. <laughs> these, I know cats, baby. Yeah. these.
0: You know who's commenting on this shit? People who have never seen a cat in their entire life.
1: <laughs> that's what cats are supposed yeah, to look like. That's what cats look like. They're fat. They look like James Corden right. and they dance around in their underwear. And they're disturbingly
0: humanoid.
1: <laughs> Uh, they're probably people that didn't know cats, and the fact is that they were either anticipating something animated or something that was on four legs. <laughs> that's a, that's a amongst, good quote. Then you can men's. also apply to the
0: Sonic movies.
1: <laughs> like, oh no, that's not that. That was the people's problem. Oh, why are these cats standing up?
0: Yeah, cats can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows cats can't stand on their hind legs <laughs> and also perform Broadway.
1: <laughs> uh. Oh, man. He also used the word vociferous in his quote. which was all right, mate. We all know <laughs> cats. We all know what vociferous <laughs> means. Back off, all right? Yeah, it's a, uh,
0: one of the ages around the Triassic and the Jurassic, man. <laughs>
1: it's the vociferous period where all the dinosaurs <laughs> were walking around with yeah. their hind legs and you couldn't quite see their blurry-ass faces. <laughs> uh, so, there's this new film about Fox News called bombshell and to do research for it Margot Robbie started a secret right wing Twitter account Jesus (laughs) Uh, um in this new movie, she plays a chirpy conservative news junkie oh, who lives and breathes like, all things Fox, fucking Lauren Ingram uh, or something. This uh, article on Pedestrian here says to get into the mi- right mindset for the role, she turned to Twitter no, and, created t- the f- <laughs> yeah. and created a Tommy Loren Yeah, and created the fake account where she followed as many young right wing women, she- women as she could find. Jesus. <laughs> That's
0: the most <laughs> difficult thing I've ever heard anyone do yeah, for a role.
1: Kamail gets paid to work out for a year. Oh. She gets paid to stay on right-wing Twitter I'd for a year. I'd rather do what
0: <laughs> he did for 10 years in a row than have to <laughs> fucking follow those little psychopaths on Twitter. It's a
1: good idea, though, because she so she said oh. in, this, in this interview here with Entertainment Weekly that she didn't... Really grow up watching Fox, and she didn't really understand the <laughs> sort of mind mindset that those yeah. people are in. And she said, like, yeah, the fact that there's all this, there's like wealth of people on Twitter that are very vocal about this shit means that it's it's a useful resource. Yeah, I don't mind that. It's coming out in January next year in Australia. I mean, so I guess
0: it's good research, but like,
1: God, I just don't yeah. Don't I like Margot Robbie. I hope she's it. great. Yeah,
0: yeah. I hope she um. I hope she's not like a crypto-fascist by mid-2020, but we'll Marga, see.
1: She's going to be running for some sort of Republican Marga seat. Marga Robbie. <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. you got to take that straight to the bank. <laughs> straight to the top. <laughs> Oi, yo, Donald. Yeah. Marga, gonna- Robbie. <laughs> Marga Robbie. Marga <laughs> Robbie. Oh, that's good shit. That's good. I like that. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to work out whether this story is interesting. I'm worried that maybe it's not. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Make sure you brief
0: me. <laughs> all right, cool. You Here we go. Pass it off.
1: California's tax
0: <laughs> You're <all> right. <laughs> I think your house is on fire.
1: Well, you swallowed eight zucchini balls <laughs> like or something the rest like that. <laughs>
0: Listen, that's a little peek behind oh. the curtain. I ordered a zucchini oh. ball wrap, and I think it had actually eight zucchini balls in it. Along with the rest, we're of the speculating cabal. on my lifespan because oh, your, your uh,
1: cholesterol's going through. I the roof think I especially. have
0: as many hours left as zucchini balls I ate. <laughs> so fifteen, <laughs> They're dropping like um, uh, like fucking kino balls, <laughs> just like into my abdomen, <laughs> just clogging it.
1: Yeah. You know, booming noise. <laughs> All of this is getting cut. Uh, no. Uh, so California's tax credit is trying to lure. Hollywood shoots outside of L.A. After they revamped their okay. tax credit program in 2015 to include additional incentives, the state of California has seen a rise in filming outside of Los Angeles.
0: Does it mean like in the outskirts outside of Los Angeles? As or in like what?
1: maybe there might have just been a tax credit when you're filming in L.A., but now they're trying to get people to film around California <laughs> outside of L.A. as well. I don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. <laughs> In the greater LA area. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Production companies have spent more than $130 million across 19 counties outside of the city of LA. Studio projects that do so are el- million. Oh. Are eligible for an additional 5% back, not to mention the supplemental local incentives offered by those cities and counties. Mm. I think I've decided this story's not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to go down the road to find out, didn't we? Yeah, I guess so Bird Box spent $981,000 in Del Norte Ford versus Ferrari laid out $1. <laughs> $1. $1.6 million in San Bernardino And Captain Marvel expended <laughs> His
0: article It's <laughs> changing the vocab every time He's like written the same thing He's like spent, spent, uh, spent uh, Right click <laughs> synonyms <laughs> Right click synonyms Expended That's funny
1: <laughs> That is good Uh four hundred and twenty-six $1000 yeah. in Fresno. Uh, if I had a laptop
0: I'd like make sure i like check at the dot order that, that, they, that they come down. Yeah.
1: Bet they are.
0: Uh, I'll bet they are. Yeah, where was this
1: article? Oh, uh, screen rant. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh man. Um the creators of Game of Thrones are starting on a H.P. Lovecraft monster movie. How did the tax story come before this one? you are to keep it pacing, you know. Alphabetical, it. The yet. tax story probably got cut, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Find out whether this. They're going to leave it in. I'm going to make constant references throughout the episode, <laughs> seated to the tax story.
1: That metaphor in Act Three of Knives Out reminds me of the experience <laughs> we had talking about tax back in the day. Yeah, news Exactly. Segment. Yeah.
0: Good shit. Stop doing my job for me. Uh,
1: well, they... they uh, we're going to be committing to some sort of Star Wars trilogy and then they step down from that to the new thing that they've committed yeah. to.
0: Remember how they fucking abandoned <laughs> Game of Thrones to do a Star Wars thing nah. that they're not even doing? <laughs> I love it, because like people invested so much Ugh. time and energy into that, and they just like sniffed money and fucked off.
1: Oh, man. So funny. Um, it says here that it's going to be written by the team that wrote Clash of the Titans, directed by the person that directed Destroyer and Jennifer's Body. Oh, that, no, me- that Megan direct- Fox movie. No, no. The director of Destroyer and Jennifer's Body is going to be an executive producer. Oh. This movie's fucked. Okay, God. No. <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, the yeah, so- dude
0: who gave a lift to the yeah. uh, best boy uh, knows the key grip of... Uh, Jennifer's body
1: The caterer so- Is going to be Driving <laughs> Daniel Radcliffe To set
0: Yeah wonderful yeah.
1: Brilliant uh, No So a terrible H.P. Lovecraft movie Is going to come out In three years Great. And people are say It's by the What's the dog's name? What? H.P. <laughs> so- Lovecraft Gave his pets Racist names <laughs> Oh really? Yeah Now would be a good time To hit the beep button To make it sound <laughs> like I said the N word But let's Let's yeah, get by I-, I have a lot of power Right now <laughs> Um <laughs> In Germany, saying, right, saying Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker spoilers uh, to a Burger King in Germany will get you a free whopper. <laughs> what? <laughs> what, what, what? What? One more time. What? Burger King has some app or something. Yep. And if you say Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker spoilers out loud while you're using this app you get a free Whopper what? for Burger Kings in Germany. How do they measure that?
0: I don't know. i got to scratch the surface of this one, man. What the fuck are you talking about? Okay.
1: D- does According it have to like an article by The Hollywood Reporter, issue? saying the rise of Skywalker spoilers out loud in Germany can qualify patrons for a free Whopper hamburger. Why? All you have to do is download the Burger King app and read a Star Wars spoiler out loud into their microphone. <laughs> <laughs> which will then allow them to download a coupon for their free whopper. Why? We wanted to challenge people's love. Oh, okay. oh, okay. This dude's name, for me, is unpronounceable. Okay. His name is Klaus Schaming. Klaus <laughs> Schaming. That's just... It's eight, got too many umlauts and vowels eight in it.
0: vowels in a row, yeah. Director
1: Klaus The Burger King director of marketing in Germany said, We wanted to challenge people's Wopper love and put it to the ultimate test. They're going to get no pushback about that. The company also released a commercial in Germany, which showed a Burger King restaurant absolutely filled with Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker spoilers. But all of the spoilers mentioned seem to be referencing characters like the hairy, roaring creature and the young sword lady, meaning that the advertising company... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> didn't violate any copyright from Disney. <laughs> what are they actual plot spoilers for the movie? Yeah, but it doesn't sound like you have to shout it in a Burger King. It sounds like you just have to say it into an app. Then
0: what's what? Then where is it going? I
1: don't know. This is the most confusing news story. <laughs>
2: Make any I've sense. ever heard. It's like
1: some intern, some poor intern that hasn't seen the movie is gonna have to manually approve all these spoilers. was to like yeah, what a million sp- <laughs> that, That's why I asked if they're running voice
0: recognition. What the fuck is going on? This is this needs, but we got to do a deep dive on this, man. What what is happening to our cousins in
1: Europe? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't quite understand. Maybe you have to listen to a spoiler. Um oh right, no, okay. I got it. Okay, I think what it is is the app has Star Wars spoilers on it. Right. You have to read the spoiler out loud, back into the microphone, oh. to prove that you've spoiled the movie for yourself. Right. I don't mind that. That's a dumb idea. Right, so that's what that's what the this idea is. is. So you, weird. Don't, you don't Why? have to you don't have to know the you don't have to know a spoiler. It tells you a spoiler, and to prove that you've read it, you have to say it out loud into the microphone. Are they just, like... It's making the ultimate sacrifice.
0: Are they just hijacking Star Wars marketing? Like, I don't there's know. no
1: partnership there, is there? No, because all their, all their advertising says, like, to be, like, the like, Magic Sword Lady and, like, Fluffy Dog so Man and shit. That's
0: so weird. I mean, it's really weird, isn't it? I really hope this doesn't mark some weird new trend of like, no, if you run out into the street and post a viral video of you spoiling a movie to random people... We'll give you a free fucking... No, okay. I, don't, I don't mind it. Small this. French fries. Now that I've
1: read this properly, I don't mind it. Uh, it's just on it's a local level. It's crazy. You just, in, the, in the privacy of your own home, it's kind of a weird psychological game, isn't it? Because it's literally, you can just do it in, at home, under your covers. Just like, it forces you to spoil the movie for yourself. It's
0: very strange, man. This is encouraging... <laughs> it's very weird. Extremely... Oh, it's H.P. Lovecraft's cat. Sorry.
1: Extremely weird behaviour. What? that has His name is the N-word or something? Damn! Yeah. Holy
0: dole! That's yeah. a hell of a cat name. Yeah, that's actually another thing that they're changing about the cats movie. <laughs> James,
1: James Gordon was very insistent yeah, they don't change it. What you mean they're it. not happy about it? Let's <laughs> um, uh. we'll see how many more we can ring out of this. Yeah. Uh, I don't
0: understand the Burger King thing. I love it. I, I, love, well, it. I love it. I, I get you understand it. it conceptually, right? I understand right? it completely, and it confuses me. Well, now it makes more sense. Klaus
1: Scheming is saying, well, we want to test our fans, our fans of the Whopper, we want to test their their commitment by. They're just going to do it. They're going to get every single person that doesn't care. This is a
0: marketing thing, not an actual, like, we want to give away free burgers thing. But they're just going to get every single person that doesn't give a fuck about Star Wars. Right. Very strange. Very weird. Probably really clever, but very strange. Getting a lot of people getting whoppers
1: And they would have done a yeah. Big Macs there, would not they? Yeah, exactly. Please sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> Star Wars story here. Anthony Daniels asked J.J. Abrams to kill C-3PO in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> like, I'm old. Let me <laughs> die. <laughs> That's good shit. Please kill me. <laughs> <laughs> kill me.
2: Kill me. <laughs> Do it!
0: I insist you kill me. <laughs> good shit. Thanks. No, I don't no, think I that's a very good... Uh, no, it's terrible. I, no, it's I, just meant, I meant the story, story was crashing. No, I know no, 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 you fuck weren't your, telling fuck your me. Impression. No, no, I understand. I, I understand what happened.
1: <laughs> There's at least one person in Hollywood who's pulling for C-3PO to be sent to Silicon Heaven, and that's his actor Anthony Daniels. He's played Daniels in all of the. St- uh, he's been the, the please C-3PO. I signed a lifetime contract. <laughs> well, he's been he's he's been C-3PO since the very beginning. Yeah. So he's an old motherfucker stuck in this metal ass costume. There's famous photos of like him behind the scenes in the very first one. Like this, you can't bend your knees, so he was yeah. like, leaning up against a board. <laughs> With, like, like drinking, like, milk through a straw so or something that like, you can't eat. You can't, like... To put, like, a 70-year-old man through that <laughs> shit is hilarious. Uh, he's been played by Anthony Daniels <laughs> in a Star Wars film. He's, like, films. looking at
0: Leia, and there's just
1: this donk, and he's, like... Ah. <laughs> oh, God. And he's voiced him in all of the non movies This dude's had a payday.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's, <laughs> like, please,
0: I'm old and rich.
1: <laughs> just kill me. <laughs> Um, Uh, There's an excellent quote from him here That says Before filming this It seemed like the writers Had slightly run out of steam With C3PO (laughs) I didn't didn't want him to just become A wall decoration I thought he should have A big send off Or a send off that gave you finality And of course at the time JJ said no way But JJ is notorious For changing his mind On a minute by minute basis It makes working with him A vibrant experience That's very diplomatic (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah it is uh, look forward to finding out whether or not C3U is dead or whether they're gonna force this motherfucker to fulfill his contract and play him until he dies. Yeah, I hope so. That's all I got. That's the news for the week. Should we kick into l- I got a little bit of beefness or pleasure? <laughs> you do. Have Haven't done it for a few yeah. weeks. Of course we uh, we we engage in our beef business, which is watching the movie this week we did knives out, but we also have a bit of beef pleasure. <laughs> Where, um, you know, we do a bit of stuff on our off time. I'm not just spending every waking moment prepping for this fucking podcast. Beef pleasuring yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, in Beef Dues or Pleasure, where we talk about other little recreational activities, um, I got, since we recorded the last episode, I signed up for Amazon Prime. Just because I found out, to be honest, that House was on it. Yeah. <laughs> Very good call. i cranked through like an entire season of House. No, not even. I've gotten through what feels like a, a lifetime of House, and I'm only up to like episode eight of season one. Yeah. And there are like eight seasons of that shit our with long, 20 episodes, long episodes per episodes, season. Hour-long episodes. I have like a lifetime's worth of House. That show, I was thinking about this
0: the other day, I think as you might have mentioned it, that show gets ludicrous at the end. I need it. I'm, I'm going to yeah. look this up. A list of all of the like house is in
1: prison and diagnosing all of the medical like experiences and shit. That, Cal- that
0: house has. Because I was at one point like, Does house get cancer? And I was like, No, I think he just he definitely like has a he gets checked in a drug rehab like three times and yeah. then like he gets like parasitic infections and shit. And he has all sorts of problems to do good with shit. his muscles from like atrophying from his leg and stuff. Oh, it's good shit. But I think he had cancer as well. I don't know. They just threw this dude through the fucking ringer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and Hugh Laurie like should have got ten ridiculous. years. Yeah, his accent is obviously oh, amazing. Oh, Hugh Laurie was that character. Yeah, that they're just—it's
0: like Brian Cranston with. Uh, Walter White. They're just kind of inseparable now. Yeah. So when you think of one, you think of well, the other.
1: Hugh Laurie is like, was just recently been doing a different show where he plays a doctor. Like, yeah, he's yeah, been, yeah. He's been fucking a type Similar to a doctor. I think yeah. a
0: drug addict doctor. The <laughs> yeah. bad guy doctor. It's like, so yeah. I was
1: like, I don't have an idea, but I want to make a show anyway. Fuck it. Get house in here and pay him double yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. he wants. <laughs> yeah. Um, but while I was on Amazon Prime, I heard a lot about from the recent Emmys this show, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. So I went in on it. God damn that's a great show. Yep. So it is a period drama comedy set in 1950
0: <laughs> 1950- <laughs> oh. because it's about women.
1: <laughs> it's period drama comedy <laughs> set in 19- 1958 in New York. Uh it stars <laughs> Rachel Brao. <Whoa. laughs> Ra- Rachel Brosnahan. No,
0: stars- no, yeah, it's
1: Rachel Brosnahan. Bo- oh, it's got one one too many letters in it. It's, it's just it's- Brosnan. Rachel No, it's not fucking Brosnan, that's the problem. It stars Rachel Brosnahan uh, as Miriam <laughs> Maisel. as a cast of other characters, most of which you haven't heard of. I think the only person who was even vaguely familiar to me is the side character who plays her manager. Um, oh yeah. Alex Borstein. Yeah. Oh, she's the voice of Lois from Family Guy. There you oh, go. Oh,
0: yeah. In- yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: In any case, it's essentially uh, the main character is Miriam Maisel. She's like a 1950s housewife. The first few episodes are a lot of like a nice little window into 1950s daily life from her point of view, where like she gets up 10 minutes before her husband to put her makeup on and then like get back into bed and pretend to be. A lot of stuff we're like, oh come on, nineteen fifties. Yeah, it's great though because I imagine that's probably a a lot of what would have happened. A lot of like, a lot of like, uh, the first episode or the second episode is like she gets a divorce, she separates from her husband and her Jewish. Parents can't possibly fathom the idea that they would ever get divorced, and they're lying to all their family members about, "Ah, oh, Joe's gone overseas on a business <laughs> trip for, for, for a year." Joe's always. gone to the farm. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of a little bit of Mad Men. This show's yeah. really funny, though. It's kind of a little bit quirkier than Mad Men is. Um, it reminds me of that scene in Mad Men. Have you seen any of that show where Mad they Man? have the pic? They have the picnic. By the side of the and road, and then they just like the shake the rubbish off the road. On it, it reminds me a little bit. There's a couple little scenes it's like crazy. that. where you are like, oh come on. Um, all in all, though, it's a it's a fun time. It basically, she, she's a stand up comic, right? Well, yeah. Basically, the idea behind the show is she's a housewife, and her husband is an aspiring stand up comic, but he's shit. Like he <laughs> ste- he steals material from like comedy records. Damn. And being like, no, everyone does it. You know, I'm just starting out. What um, a hack. And then she gets the idea for that to start herself, and she, like, drunkenly, like, yells at the audience at the gaslight one night for, like, ten minutes, and that, like, it's goes a- to the 1958 equivalent of viral. Um, right. <laughs> where, like...
0: What, eight people talked you know, about one it. Dude,
1: <laughs> one dude tapes it on a reel-to-reel yeah. and, like, mails it into a magazine. And there's
0: a newspaper article on page 17.
1: Yeah. Um, and basically, the show is, like, her pursuing her stand-up career. Right. Uh, cool. And I've only just gotten through the first season, which is sort of it starting up, but it's so much fun. Would you say that women can be funny? It hasn't quite convinced. <laughs> okay. No, it's it's great, and it's the st- it shows long bits of stand up in it that are actually really great.
0: It's just a yeah, it's, like a, way it's a it's a stand up show, right?
1: It's fun, yeah. And like in a way where like you would have had to, I don't know. I feel like sometimes in if you watch a movie, I'm not going to think of a single example. This seems such a very specific nitpick, but like sometimes when you're watching movies about stand up comedians, as one does, um, it reminds me of, like the Big Sick. Yeah, and a stand up comedy in the Big Sick. And it's like, "Oh, you know, it's not that the com- the only reason I don't really know he's going well or not going well is by the reaction of the audience." Right. You know, like if I watched any other stand-up comedy from the big Sick in a vacuum, I feel like with some of it I need the I need the movie to tell me like this is good stand-up he's doing now. And I feel like to right. some degree in this, the way which she delivers the stand-up is so good that it's almost like watching a good comedy special on its yeah, own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like you'd watch it a little bit for her performing the stand-up and right. when it when she finally gets to see when she's doing her next set, it's a bit of a treat. It's great I don't know I'm always a sucker For those like 50s 60s period pieces And it does that Really well mm. uh, It's a huge cast You of chara- are <laughs> You're a real sucker
0: <laughs> uh, I've huge- seen you As a giant lollipop Before <laughs> my very eyes
1: It's got a huge Cast of characters That are all Played really well um, I don't know I'm, I'm really enjoying it And I think it's worth Going in on Telling me to suck you <laughs> I don't have anything else to say on that, but I've been enjoying it. I think I'm gonna. There's about three or four seasons out now, and it's been great so far.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. She's a really I'm engaging up to character. Season five, halfway of Mad Men, and it's taken me. I think I started watching that five years ago.
1: It just seems really dry. That show.
0: I liked it. Yeah. Um, I had no real reason to stop doing it other than um, not having gone to it. Well, and I would <sighs> feel guilty starting a show that's similar. Until I finished the other show.
1: Well, I feel like the only reason, one of the only reasons why I've compared it similarly is that it's in the same setting. It's like New York in the the fifties. Yeah. But um, I mean, I I think the the husband who play who is a recurring character has like a Mad Men style marketing job. For a company right.
0: That's because back in the 50s If you were a man That's just all that you did You but were just you, get- <laughs> you were an Enron marketing agent And <laughs> yeah. that was it There but was only one job in America
1: I like this show Because it gives you A little bit of a different perspective Whereas it feels to me Like from what I've seen of Mad Men It's a lot of like It's a show about the corporate life In the 50s Yeah And a little bit of like It shows you him ignoring his family A lot of this show Is uh, all I about I think you're s- unbalanced a little there It has a
0: lot of the family life Okay it, When right. it starts to blow up Because he's got his like Side life And Those two... The real catastrophic shift for Mad Men is when that like intermingles and that's
1: where the source of tension in the show comes from. Okay, right. Well, a lot of this show is less about like... It, it is about this one character's problems, but it's a lot more about the sort of social life around New York City and like right. her family life is more the focus of it, and then her career on the up and up through all these comedy clubs and things. So I think that like it's nice to get a different perspective yeah, that sounds cool. in it that way. And you get a, like a, a woman's window.
0: perspective from that era rather than just the yeah. Mad Men, which is brings in like Elizabeth Olsen, and she is very much a challenging the status quo yeah. character, which is really great. But the focus is certainly John Hamm and the. Elizabeth
1: Moss. Yeah. the... Yeah, what did I say? Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. Who the fuck is that? I think mean, it's the older sister of Mary-Kate, Mary-Kate? Ashley. <laughs> fuck yeah. She's um, in her own stuff. Yeah, but I don't she know is in movies. Yeah, whatever. Well, I, think she's, uh, I think Elizabeth Olsen is the Scarlet Witch from uh, Avengers... One of those characters you don't remember. She's the fucking fake, yeah, fake Russian yeah. mind-control lady from the Avengers. Yes, I think you're right. It would be very strange if she was in Mad Men, wouldn't it? Liz Matt? Moss. Yes, correct. <laughs> the Australian Handmaid's Tale star. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Go in on it. I reckon it's I, or something about the Mad Men that sort of made me stop watching it after like half of season one. No, it's was better, it better felt show than that. slow and a bit overly dramatic mm. in ways I'm like, all right, fine. He's got a fucking s- secret... Why for whatever? Um, it's a lot of
0: John Ham going like... Peggy? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, I was making a funny expression. Great for the audio medium. Yeah, Fuck
1: yeah, yeah, fucking hell. Um If you've got any more visual jokes, just yeah. file them for later, right? You keep doing them. File them for our 200th video episode extravaganza. This shadow puppet I'm making on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm enjoying this because it feels a little bit... The episodes are still like 45-minute long episodes, so it's a nice mm. long-form stuff, but it feels a bit more fast-paced... It's How's the uh, cinematography,
0: is it like one of those shows that looks beautiful, like uh, True Detective, or is it just very uh, neutral, kind of like um? Here's a comparison, like Twilight Zone, the, the new one that we watched a little while back. Yeah,
1: I haven't really noticed the cinematography. I think right. that most of the star is all all the the amazing costumes and the location and everything, and it set com- design. Yeah, and it complements that really nicely. Like it's it's a sort of shit where like I'm just amazed that there's not like a plane flying overhead in one of the shots or whatever. Like, right. I just right. just the scale of how much of a fuck around it would be to because do a believable that would, 1950s. That would really bring you into it. No, like some modern vehicle flying overhead, like a helicopter, and they just not notice it and forget to edit it out, or like someone leaves a Ute in the back of shot. Like I'm just surprised that planes were invented. Yeah, but not like a, a modern plane. A while before the 50s, mate. Yeah, but just before.
0: There's no like F-15s
1: flying. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Of New York City. Yeah. Well, there's no like. <laughs> You know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. someone, I'm surprised that someone like hasn't forgotten to take off their digital watch
0: or some Still shit. There, yeah, you can, there's a very clear shot of two characters having lunch in front of the World Trade
1: Center. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I, loving it. And I don't think there's much more to say than that. But cool. I think it's worth going in on. It's fun. It's dramatic when it needs to be dramatic. It's funny when it needs to be funny. I think it's a good show. Like me. Uh, no. no further comments <laughs> Thank you
0: um, That's got, all I got I got a tiny little bit Of beefness No I asked you. you beforehand And you said you know, didn't So that's I know it. And I didn't have it On the list And so we've got to move on But quickly I'll mention um, I saw Hannah Gadsby's Stand up Oh how was it It was good um, I'm mentioning it I guess Because it's, like it's the The live show It's the sequel recently. to Yeah uh, It's a sequel to or, Sequel <laughs> It's her next show Since Nanette Yeah and uh, it will be a Netflix special. Um, so, eventually, look forward to that. Um, it's called Douglas. It was very good. Um, she did this, like, meta-commentary thing where uh, she tells you how... what the She basically gives you a table of contents of the show <laughs> as the first part of the show. It's really funny um, because she basically goes into it saying, like, I don't know why you're all here because, like, you... Clearly, I mean, I'm guessing most of you are here because you've watched Annette. So, what do you what, what, do, you want? what do you want from me? Like, <laughs> yeah, she's very open about the fact that it's yeah. a bit of a weird circumstance that, like, everyone was getting like everyone just junked in on her trauma, and she's like, I blew it all. Like, yeah. I, I don't have any more trauma. Left.
1: Exactly. Like, especially since Annette was such a personal story. Yeah, that was like such a singular. Like, surely one person can't have two of those. Yeah, but. I said before, I don't know whether I said this on or off air, I liked Nanette, but I didn't find it particularly funny. Mm. And I know that, like, for a lot of people, Hannah Gadsby's sense of humor really turns them on, and they right. like it. And so maybe it's just that people are like, yeah, I wouldn't mind another hour of stand-up, and I didn't really know Hannah Gadsby before, and now I know she's capable of great funny stuff, I'd like to see some great funny stuff, and if you toss in some more personal shit in there, then whatever. Mm. No, I really like her stand
0: up style. I found Nanette was just a roller coaster. Like, obviously, there were parts that were really funny. The whole thing wasn't, like, <laughs> funny all the time. <laughs> no, well,
1: I think you can joke about things that aren't thematically. F- that aren't but thematically she wasn't funny. meant to be joking yeah, about it. You're right. And so There's she seri- wasn't trying to. There are serious parts of the show, which is inherently. Right.
0: But there are also really funny parts of the show. I feel like people yeah. forget that about Nanette. It wasn't yeah. just a woman talking to camera about, like,. S- just seriously about trauma for an hour. It was, yeah, she was very good at like, and she talks about it in the midway through Nanette, like controlling the tension in the room of like, better break this tension with a laugh and whatever, yeah. Um which I thought worked really well. And she, it was sort of similar in this, but she obviously wasn't trying, like the point of establishing that table of contents was that she was just trying to, um, meet people's expectations I guess and like she sort of said I'm going to do some observational comedy then I'm going to give you a lecture then I'm going to (laughs) gently needle the patriarchy then I'm going to give you another lecture and then it's just going to be a big string of jokes and I'll quietly walk out after that (laughs) and that's exactly what she did
1: yeah right oh that's cool
0: yeah it was really good Um, and I think it was like maybe it was like net funnier if you know what I mean like yeah, net funnier Um, Less severe, but she then managed to still very smoothly and elegantly approach very serious issues in a way... Where she was still very much able to say, let's properly have a think about that. Without uh, alienating
1: yeah. the audience or whatever.
0: Right. Well, I, I think the point, uh, part of the point of her comedy is I don't really give a fuck if I'm alienating men anymore. Like, it's, yeah. this isn't for you. So, you're either with me and you get it and you agree and, like, I don't need to say not all men because that's obvious, so shut the fuck up. Yeah. Or... You are against me, and that's because you're not looking yourself in the mirror.
1: Yeah. I suppose all I meant, though, is like I, I still think mean. there's an art to... Oh, never mind. Yeah, so we'll <laughs> just still, move on. <laughs> I still think there's an art to presenting a comedy special. Because, like, I mean, it reminds me a bit of the stuff that Daniel Sloss did in his show X, which I think is an HBO special now, where he would talk about... It's a really good show, by the way. Watched good. Everyone that one, too. Uh, he, he, he talked about also serious themes. I think he talked about sexual assault. A friend and of his that
0: got sexually assaulted, yeah. But a female friend, so it's like a male... Kind of. We, I don't think we can do justice to it in twenty seconds, but yeah, he's telling the story. He's telling a story that his friend shared with him, and how uh, how she reacted to it, and how he reacted to it, and yeah, all that it, sort it's of it's stuff. About that, but it's still really funny, and yeah.
1: so I th- it reminded me because that's another stand-up special that's funny and is making light of or no, j- making jokes around this serious issue. And when I said like uh, not alienating the audience, I suppose what I mean is like if what you're doing is fundamentally a piece of entertainment and people are going there to enjoy it, whether it's enjoying it in a funny way or enjoying it like consuming it and engaging with the content, you could still deliver that information to the audience in a way which makes them feel uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable. I don't know. You know what I mean? It makes them feel like it's hard to listen to or they don't want to be hearing it. But I think that as a comedian making jokes around these serious issues, you've got to make the jokes in a way that make people want to keep listening to you you know, it's not like, yeah, like you can, like, and it's interesting saying that like Hannah Gadsby's kind of like, oh, fuck you, I don't have to pander to you. But it's still an art to presenting that opinion of like, fuck you, I don't have to pander to you, but still in a way that people want to listen to you. Because I feel like a lesser comedian can get up on stage and just rant and go, fuck you, I don't want to listen, I don't, I don't want to have to pander to you, here are my opinions. And people will be like, oh, well, I won't listen to you then, fuck you. Mm. I feel like those sorts of specials that well, plenty of people get, do
0: do that to her it's just angry yeah, white dudes but I mean
1: she's really popular I would say on the whole that special was really popular because it's done that and it's presented that attitude in a way that is more likely to change people's mind rather than alienate them you know I feel like there's there's an easy way that people people on the internet can often rant and rave about their opinions in a way that for the most part isn't changing anyone's mind and they're either just they're getting the little echo chamber of people that agree with them and then everyone that disagrees with them is like, oh, this person's telling me to get fucked, so I'm just going to do that. Whereas I feel like with Hannah Gadsby and Daniel Sloss, they do a good job of, I think, presenting information in a way where it's a lot more likely that they're going to change some people's minds by the accessible way that they're presenting it. But it's like, it's a bait and switch,
0: right? Daniel so Sloss's ex and Nanette were sort of similar in that, that like, they they both crept in under the cover of Darkness and then... Um, and then we're like, right, now that you're all sitting down for an hour, <laughs> yeah. here's what we're actually going to talk about. Yeah. And I'm still going to give you your fucking little jokes, yeah. but we're going to talk about something fucking serious. Yeah. Because I'm up on stage and I have the microphone and I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Yeah. Whereas um, this one was more like... It um, felt, felt almost more like cathartic. It was like... I think one of the reasons why Hannah Gadsby is so popular is because she's expressing... She quite eloquently expresses a deep, deep frustration with the way that things are and the problems that a lot of women, especially, have to deal with in the world at the moment. Yeah, right. And that not a lot of people who occupy that role in the public space are standing up and saying as clearly and as fearlessly as she kind of is. Um,
1: and I well, think I that, feel like that especially was why the first so time because she was gonna like. Yeah, she's going to quit comedy. Quick comedy and say, yeah. well, fuck it. Yeah. And so I suppose she's in a great position because people are like, no, we love that. Do that. Right. she would be like, oh, great. And I feel like yeah. every special she could be like, oh, now I'm going to quit comedy. She could just go out <laughs> in the blaze of glory every year for the next yeah, 10 years yeah, and yeah. people would love it. No, I think she sort
0: of said that. But one thing that I did notice, I didn't, yeah, you know, I'm pretty guilty of this. I didn't really... I think I'd seen her a little bit around before Nanette, but I'd never properly watched a stand-up or anything. And then in Nanette, one of the reasons she gave for wanting to quit comedy full stop was that she was like, for me, the way that I have managed to succeed and build a career for myself is by constantly putting myself down yeah. and trivializing my struggles. I'm paraphrasing, but like demeaning myself as a human being. And I'm sick of doing that and I won't do that anymore because it's starting to take its toll and I can sort of see that. Whereas this show was none of that. She didn't have to do that at all. She was building on the momentum of Net, but recognising that she didn't need to do the same thing again. She could now just... Almost, I feel like it was almost she was writing better quality stand-up comedy than she might have been before she was doing the net because she was like, well, I'm going to have to figure jokes out that aren't putting myself down because I've put myself in a position <laughs> where I can't do that anymore <laughs> yeah. and I yeah. don't want to. And yeah. so she was writing jokes that were still having a go, like punching up, um, but not in a way that meant that she was demeaning herself, which was very clever. And it meant that you really... I mean, it really was like quite quite nice to be to hear someone articulating these aggressive frustrations so satisfyingly making you laugh at the same time but um in a way where you can tell like yes this is a genuinely frustrating issue it's good to laugh about it but like i i see women in my life deal with the shit that she's talking about um i'm probably guilty of some of the stuff that she's talking about as a man a little bit and uh, it's nice to be able to laugh at that, but then to recognize and introspect and say, right, well, I need to be careful about that type of thing. It was a really yeah, right. good show overall. Oh, cool. Um, so, yeah, a lot less of a surprise than net was. Yeah. Um, but still an excellent... I don't think that that means that it's a lesser product. Yeah. You know, I think sh- you don't need to bottle that lightning twice to have a show that's just
1: as good. I think you're right, though. To some degree, she had to have a bit of that in there, right? Like, if <laughs> if it was just, like, one-liners for an hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be <laughs> mental.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to try something new, guys. <laughs> just like, Blue, what do you call Turkish bread? is vegetarian. Yeah,
0: she did She did say, um, I'm doing, uh, I, don't know, I don't know if this will make it into the special or not, but, like, she <laughs> said, uh, they weren't filming the one that we saw, but yeah, yeah, right, um, okay. she said, uh, there's going to be a fair few puns and how you respond to those puns will dictate whether or not you get cut short or whether or not <laughs> I go long. And the first one, she's like, are you groaners? Because growners lose time. <laughs> it was pretty pretty good. Um yeah, and we were growners at first, but it was so funny. You could hear the whole audience at yeah, first. Like, what she meant? Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. It was literally <laughs> like that. It was like, uh, <laughs> it's like we we're all being held under duress. That's funny. It was a really good show. Oh yeah, man, I really glad. enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, if well. you get the chance to see uh, you or any listeners, um, I'd, I'd highly <laughs> recommend it. I'm not sure Oscar, if, you're if you get a
1: chance to see, yeah, listen <laughs> don't worry about it. Yeah,
0: listeners, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't. Oh, no, listeners. I, I Didn't definitely see you would. there. Oh, cool, great <laughs> Hello, listeners uh, We <laughs> were just talking about <laughs> Hannah Gadsby <laughs> I've Become Nick Kappa <laughs> <laughs> Hello, listeners Hello We were just talking about Hannah Gadsby's latest <laughs> story um, Yeah, anyway Alright, uh, that's a
1: joke that one person maybe that listens to this <laughs> podcast will get. All right. Uh, time to pivot into our movie for the week, which is Rian Johnson's new 2019 Interesting. murder mystery. It, who's? who's? <laughs> Mr. Johnson himself, director of s- Star Wars films in past. Bit of
0: doublespeak there, man. Yeah. <laughs> Has I'll written, be saying Ryan from now
1: on has written and directed a new comedy drama murder mystery film called Knives Out. Chroma um, Cromedramstery. Hell yeah! I would I would liken it most similarly to like a modern day interpretation of an Agatha Christie Poirot kind yes, of story. Very
0: Poirot. Um,
1: if you are familiar with the story of the Murder on the Orient Express, it's a bit like that. Thematically, I suppose, Um, I thought the new Murder, The Orient Express movie sucked. Didn't see it. Uh, Oh, it sucked. But um, that story is a classic murder mystery in that it presents like fucking 15 different characters and gives you all their backstories and motivations. And then by the time it's gotten that out of the way, it's a lot of like the detective sleuthing and figuring shit out. And you get a big reveal at the end about like, all right, here's who killed them. Kind of thing, like it's right. Like I used to be way into Agatha Christie, and it's like a classic thing that she it's does. The same reason like you like
0: House, right? It's like <laughs> yeah. you're, you're along for the ride, but then you need yeah. to pay off in the end. And yeah, you're like, and I think
1: oh, that, there it all is. And I think that like an important thing. So we'll talk about the the vague plot of the movie in a bit. But I think an important uh, aspect of the like how well these tend to be written and received. With all these sort of who done it type stories, is whether or not there's some sort of Deus ex machina type thing that gets pulled out of nowhere that solves the solution right at the very end, um, or whether you could have seen it coming. Yeah. I feel like with a lot of Agatha Christie stuff, or maybe maybe a lot of these sort of murder mysteries that are not as well written, you get Poirot at the very end having said, "Oh." None of you guys noticed, and the book hasn't mentioned up until now. But here's this tiny right. little clue right. that only I noticed, and that solves the problem, the puzzle. Or it'll be like almost like an almost like something out of a shitty point click adventure game, where it'll be like, "Oh, if you drag the bucket over yeah, the right. fish, then." And he tied the rope to the ice cream yeah, and shit like threw that. it in the well. Exactly, where yeah. it's like, oh, "All right, fine. Well, if you're gonna say anything goes, then." So I think first off, when you're going into a whodunit, me is a big fan of these. I watch uh, heaps. I'll, of I'll the- flot in it as some of <laughs> us know them. Um, uh, so he was <laughs> that sitting on t- <laughs> <at> the before. <point. laughs> so I think, like uh, me, is like I read heaps of the books. I watch heaps of the Pyro uh, TV adaptations. Going into. that's what I was really sort of looking for because that's something that I don't like when they pull the answer out of nowhere. Right, and so I think that. That's something this it's, movie it's does. It's sort of
0: the opposite of Chekhov's gun, right? It's right, like where there wasn't a gun and someone gets shot.
1: Exactly. So you want to sort of, and and so I think the trick to the the trick to doing this really well is it'll call your attention to little details that you don't even notice until later. Mm. So someone might like be. I don't know. Walk through the house on, and no, you notice...
0: Invent a compelling example of a murder mystery twist or, in front of my very whatever. eyes. Whatever.
1: Walk through the house and comment on some unusual, on some sort of unusual object in the hallway. It's the allergic a funny thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Like right. from Hereditary.
0: Where I suppose that's early a good on example. in the movie they're like, oh, she's allergic to nuts and you're like, okay, this motherfucker's gonna die.
1: Exactly. And yeah. so, but, but I think that part of the, part of the, The appeal about a movie like this with all these big characters in a big house is that they have to introduce enough facts at the beginning of the story. They have to give you like 10 different characters' backstories Mm. and what they were doing across this one night at the party for like 10 different people and they replay the events all these different times. It's going to swamp you with facts anyway. Yeah. But the important bit is that when you find out how the murder mystery event went down. Done it, you yeah. don't feel you don't feel like an idiot because mm. there's enough you're like, oh I knew that looked weird I or, or oh, I could have figured that out. Even if you couldn't have, that's the that's the magic trick these movies have to sort of pull for you. Right. In much in the same way as like the Ocean's Eleven movies give you that same sort of feeling where you're like, oh that's awesome. Mm. And that's the, I think the reason why we didn't like Ocean's fucking 8 or whatever it was yeah, where it bullshit. pulled shit out at the end and you're like oh well I never could have seen that coming. Right. It doesn't feel like a magic You didn't trick. set
0: it up fuck you you don't get the payoff. You didn't exactly. earn it. You I didn't this movie, earn the payoff.
1: I think this movie earns it really well. Oh, yeah. I think this movie sets it up in a really nice way. It also sort of plays with the conventions a bit in a way that makes it interesting to watch. It followed an extremely
0: familiar pattern yeah. without falling into the trap of being cliched, which I thought was really wonderful. I think so. so because it like by rights uh, it's like it could have been any number of awful tropes.
1: Yeah. I think so. So it does it does a classic murder mystery thing where it introduces this like uh, rich old man who is then dead after minute two of the story and I kind of like that that seems like it's a harken back to classic movies of old where it's like let me introduce a character who's gonna die in minute one it yeah. seems like <laughs> the sort of character who like you
0: get like fucking Alec Guinness or and he sort of just becomes the mechanism of the rest of the
1: cast yeah. to operate around right? yeah exactly um, and then it So, the story essentially is Christopher Plummer, who's about sort of 90-something now, by the way. Christopher Plummer. um, (laughs) I'm I'm fact-checking that. (laughs) Plays uh,
0: the sort of rich. Yeah, Jesus Christ, 29. Yeah, he's
1: he's 90. 90. 92. Oh, 90, oh <laughs> 1929.
0: You You're like, he's 29, 92, yeah, whatever. Really. That old man was born in 1992? <laughs> you
1: fucking idiot. <laughs> so, he, he plays Harlan Thromberry, <laughs> who is like the grandfather of the family, who has all Three these... Ch- thromby. <laughs> who has all these children and um, grandchildren, and he is a famous murder mystery writer, or a yeah. famous thriller yeah. book writer? Murder
0: mystery writer, yeah. Um, he's very meta-
1: Yeah, and so he's got this big mansion in the middle of nowhere, there's a party on his 90th birthday or whatever, and uh, when everyone wakes up in the morning and goes to find him in his study, he seems to have killed himself.
0: Yeah. The, the the maid walks in on him with like, his ah! throat slit.
1: Yeah, the cops come in and investigate the family. The family is this big family um, with he's got three kids and they've got partners and ex partners and grandkids and nieces and nephews and things. Uh, so the main children, I suppose, are, let me see if I can remember this: um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Michael Shannon, and I think Tony Collette plays the widow of a deceased. Yeah, kid she's that you never a, see. A stepdaughter, I think, of his. Yeah. There's heaps of characters, there's no point in naming them, but those three are the main kids and then they have their own kids and there's a whole host of other Servants and things as well. The, so the first sort of twenty minutes of the movie are all these people being uh, being questioned by the police and our detective and for this in movie like,
0: in a in, the, in a in a such an obvious manner that like their the n- their name comes up on the screen when they start their interview like yeah, exactly. classic police interview style. But I We're, I kind like, of like it. Daniel Craig's in the back and like yeah, yeah.
1: I kind of like that. It knows that you know that's what it's doing Yeah exactly. It's so just it, like here's it, here's the character bit
0: you know yeah yeah it cool. almost
1: it's almost like you're reading a character sheet or yeah, something yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, sure.
0: it knows, it exactly knows and it doesn't, uh, like as an example of something that doesn't do this, like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy just tells you the story. It doesn't stop to be like, this is Smiley, yeah. this is Tinker, this is Taylor, whatever. I- it just yeah. gives you the story as it goes along, right? Whereas this one is very much—it's—it's it's completely aware that you're aware it's a murder mystery. It has yeah. no pretense.
1: I kind of loved. I that really about liked this movie. it. Yeah, you can Thought almost sort clever. of see the gears moving. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you knew that it was taking you on the journey that it was taking you on. Yeah. Exactly. And so it still had to compel you to get there, like, which it successfully did.
1: He almost literally asks the set. Sa- you could almost like fill out a spreadsheet with all the answers that the the families give. Like it's like here's my name. It's, well, and here's my motivation for wanting to kill him. They make a. Joke about like the guy basically lives in a clue board, yeah. right? And that's
0: exactly how this feels. It just feels yeah. like you're striking potential characters off the list. Yeah. You're, it's almost like, guess who? You're like knocking characters down when you figure out, like, oh, well, this person couldn't have done it because their alibi lines up and they said this, but then that's that's the opposite of what this person said they were doing so there's a bit of conflicting evidence there ooh yeah. it might be either of them and it, it, it yeah. feels
1: great when it gives you all that information because you sort of feel like you can figure it out Like, but it, like for every single character it's, it basically says this is why they might have killed him this is where they were and like every this character this this has a potential
0: motivation yeah. some of them are more compelling some of them are less compelling and then yeah you sort of go from there right Yeah. so
1: after all the family set up we get our detective it introduces our detective Daniel Craig <laughs> Daniel Craig, A sort of Yeah Daniel uh, De Declare Plays Benoit Blanc Who is a Sort of Southern Dixie Kentucky accent (laughs) (laughs) Kentucky accent Wielding detective He's wearing a crop top With a knot in the front Yeah (laughs) He's been Mysteriously hired By an unknown Client Also classic Who's great Um and he's the one that's like, "All right, fuck these police! They've clearly duck- I don't know what they're talking about." answer this question
0: so the police are played by Lakeith Stanfield from Sorry to Bother You
1: yeah I was gonna say I think there are so many actors I, I, I can't be fucking naming all it's, of it it's I, a crazy I've seen cast him somewhere.
0: Uh, and Noah Segan uh, is the other guy but yeah I didn't really recognize him from
1: elsewhere but as no, soon as
0: nor I, nor I saw Lakeith Stanfield I was like yes this dude's but, getting good movies this is a huge cast though I mean, yeah, yeah it's like massive. we said before
1: Tony, Tony Collette Anna De Armas plays the maid who's basically our main character yep uh, <laughs> Daniel Craig Chris Joseph Evans Jamie Lee Leavitt Curtis has
0: Cameo in this movie, like as a voice, just a voice, yeah. Well, there you go. It's yeah, Uh, which I guess, like, he because he worked on Looper, which is Rian's one of Rian's earlier movies, so it must have been like a little nod, but it's a crazy enough cast that, like, fucking Joseph Gordon Levitt is like, like No, you could be the voice of a detective (laughs) over the radio, you know. Yeah, so the next thing that happens after the final piece that we're introduced to after uh, Detective Benoit Blanc, uh, (laughs) is the main character. Um, Marta Cabrera played by Ana de Armas Armas whatever Armas Armas. we're gonna fuck it no matter what Ana de Armas Armas. (laughs) Um, who uh, yes she plays a main character and basically I think the rest of the story is essentially that she and Daniel Craig she, uh, uh, Daniel Craig, asks her to accompany him as he solves the right, crime because
1: she's closest to Harlan, the old she's dude who his, got murdered. His registered nurse, right? So she was with him every day, and I think Benoit says, "Like, oh, well, he probably talked to talked said stuff to you that he wouldn't have said to anyone else because you were like his friend and his confidant and his nurse, and they're all the time. You're probably closer than anyone here. I want you with me for this investigation." And
0: also, uh, she is physically incapable of lying. And so, right. like, so she's, she's given this mechanic where, like, he can sort of just run anything that anyone says through her. And if she, like pukes literally (laughs) she pukes if she lies
1: (laughs) that's the one part of the movie that i didn't like right if i'm I'm honest so it's literally a scene where she's the last person to be questioned and like he'll be like
0: and he's like i left you till last because you can corroborate a bunch of this evidence yeah
1: and so he'll be like do you know this thing and she'll be like no (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and he's like tick yeah right um so for one, that felt a bit cheap to me. I felt like maybe uh, Ryan, Ryan, whatever the fuck his name is, Rian. Um, R- 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 Ryan. For one, they like Ryan, Ryan, um, Ryan. <laughs> it's <was> not that. <laughs> uh, for one, I feel like maybe he was like, "Fuck, I need a way of like confirming facts." Fuck it, she yeah. can't lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, look, okay. I thought
0: it was obviously extraordinary but i felt like it fit with the the world no
1: i think everything else about this movie was almost kind of grounded in reality it was a bit wacky but it was grounded yeah. in reality but she basically has like a reverse superpower it did but what i felt no that's
0: not a thing I I, I I that was introduced and i thought this is bullshit like there's that makes this whole thing trivial right if she she you, you're basically given two bits of information she knows everything and she can't lie and so right. you're like, right, well, this is gonna then we're be- done, I-, here. I assume that we have ten minutes left yeah. of the running time <laughs> and uh, yeah. and this ought to be a quick one then. But then it's it, you're it, right. it enough- complicates the plot enough yeah. to the point where that is not a silver bullet. And I think yeah. that's the really clever thing, is that then it becomes part of Benoit's toolkit right. and an obstacle that Anna de Armas has to Overcome. deal with. Yeah. And so it's still compelling even though you're aware that that is
1: I just wish, something that's going on. I just wish... And this is a hard criticism when you're watching movies and you're like, I wish they'd done it differently but I can't think of how I would have done it. Mm. I was like, it's not, I'm not the writer. Fuck you. I just wish that... <laughs> it's not my job. <laughs> yeah, literally. I just wish that he'd come up with a different solution because you're right. It doesn't have to happen that many times and sometimes it's done for laughs and sometimes it's done in like a serious... Like Benoit, like, oh, I just need to know what you reckon. But... Uh, I don't know, it was just the one bit of the whole movie that kinda of broke me out of it. Right. And you're right, it doesn't it doesn't break the movie. The rest of the movie works well and it doesn't rely on it. To any degree, where you are like, well, this movie's bullshit because if we didn't have Wolverine here, then it wouldn't have worked or whatever. Right,
0: but like, I think my problem with it is a little bit that it just seems so crass. Like, it's a, it's such a, it is a bit, strong yeah. biological reflex. And it's she like, like could like, you have not gone with something else?
1: Like, she starts, I don't know, she starts profusely sweating or something. Yeah, it's like a nineties, uh, like it, it looks like a nineties dumb comedy movie mm. with, with all the projectile vomiting kind of. There was the one, t- there's one puke gag. That I hated.
0: (laughs) And it happens at a huge point in the movie. And I thought it just fucking ruined it completely. Yeah. Um... That was the thing that I really didn't like. That was the part where I was like, "This really could have been like something else. Like maybe
1: she could have had some sort of speech impediment or like a really bad yeah, stutter when she lies,
0: mentally not be able to lie. Like there are mental disorders that mean that people are unable, like stroke victims, can find themselves unable to lie. Yeah. So maybe. like something like that, you know. Yeah. Um, there are other ways around it. You don't need to make it. Well, a if, if they if, you, if they wanted wretch. some
1: if they wanted something where she needed to hide it. Or whatever. Like, yeah. It seems that there are other ways they could have done it that wouldn't have been so, like, world-breaky. Right. It just seemed like it was a gag. But yes, then it was a gag that it was a mechanic used as a gag. that the movie relied yeah,
0: on. Yeah, I, I I agree. It seems like it, that could almost be in, like, a Judd Apatow movie. Right, exactly. Um, that was, real, like, a really crass movie. And then it's weird because it's like, well, why did you choose that? Because you're not using it in a particularly crass way. But then once... He does. <laughs> yeah. It's really bizarre. But really bizarre. I think you're right. I think maybe that was the. There were two things I didn't like about this movie. One was the only the puke gag where it's used as in a really like I felt unnecessary way. Yeah. And two was um, Benoit talking about a donut hole with a donut, uh, a donut with a donut hole with a donut with a donut hole in it, and it just I, I felt like he. I don't know if you remember that bit. No, I liked that. because so that Yeah, was the everyone idea. else liked that it. That was the
1: idea that he, he said, oh, I, I feel like I know this whole case. It's just one hole in the middle. This, this, this whole case is like a donut. And I just wish I knew what was in that hole. I think as soon as he's like, this whole case is like a
0: donut. I'm like, that's stupid. Well, and then he's it- like, it's like a donut with a donut hole in it. And then later on, um, and I'm like, that's dumb. It's just, that's stupid. That's a silly idea. And then he's like, it's like a donut in the, the, it's like the donut hole is a donut. And that there's a donut hole missing out of that donut. And I'm like,
1: shut the fuck I up, I think dude. it <laughs> works because it was a dumb analogy to begin with. And when he has to run with his own analogy, he breaks uh, it. Yeah. I think it's funny. Maybe like, if you caught
0: me on a different day. Yeah. But I think I was just in the mood in the cinema where but I was like, so compelled you. by the yeah. the actual story. I was like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> Which maybe funny. is how the other characters to feel. Yeah. But it did break me out of it because Wait. I felt like he was normally very eloquent. And that yeah. was
1: almost like slapstick. Well, I think, yeah. Because it's like he's like both very stubborn, but... A- P- he's smart and stubborn So that he's come up with this analogy And he has to like Run with that analogy And the right. more he runs with it The more he realizes it's fucked The more he has to fix it And then it's just a train wreck I think
0: if he had at any point in the movie Been like This was a foolish analogy Or something <laughs> like that Then I would have loved it But it he never acknowledged how stupid it was And I yeah, thought right. that was just frustrating I was like Don't shut f- Just fucking come up with something else Yeah which, in, yeah, it was good.
1: All in all, though, in Regardless. terms of writing, if we're talking about the writing of the movie and oh, the general sort awesome. of structure of the yeah. script, I think it was really cleverly done. I think it... In, in,
0: co- in conjunction with extremely strong performances by everyone. Yeah. Especially Craig and Armas.
1: I think that the throwing up thing is an example of that. I think scene to scene, there were some... There were plenty of examples of the movie being a bit cheesy, mm. I think.
0: Mm, I'm pretty sensitive to that type of thing, and I feel like... Uh, I'm surprised that you felt that way, but I didn't.
1: Maybe I'm thinking of a different movie. I don't know. It's been a little while since I've seen this. But no. uh, overall, though, I think the structure of the script um, in revealing information at just the right times and not revealing information at other times was perfect. Right. And I think and that did a really good So this was
0: job. written and directed by Johnson. And yeah. uh, I think that really helped it. And it's interesting to see him come up with such a clear, strong... Uh, creative vision when he's not constrained by the Disney and Star Wars IP. Oh yeah, it's
1: great. This dude's had so many, so much great original IP. He did Looper. Looper's
0: one of my favourite movies of the last
1: decade. Yeah, and I love actors like this that can do all sorts of completely different Completely different styles of movie. Like, yeah, um, I never put that together okay. in my head, but this this guy directed Looper. Like, that's, yeah, and he's that's done this. so different. Um, old Mate that did. Ah, uh, uh, yes. The jazz movie with the drummer Whiplash. And then also the musical about LA 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 Land?
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. The oh, director- uh, no, yeah. Uh, and Apollo. The Apollo movie. Is it Dilly- Nerve? No, it's not. Uh, Damien Chazelle Damien Chazelle Damien Chazelle Is a hugely versatile Director as well That's all staying in (laughs) (laughs) I mean our honour Is screaming (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Damien Chazelle It's Damien Damien Chazelle It's Damien
1: Chazelle Oh my god It's (laughs) Damien Chazelle (laughs) Did he just say (laughs) Deneville (laughs) Nerve? Tell you oh, what, what didn't
0: even, if he says didn't even know, I'm going to shit that's myself. That's hit a real
1: Deneville nerve with me. <laughs>
0: Very good, thank you. And now um, it's all got to stay in. <laughs> it fell right into my trap.
1: <laughs> staying in, just like that bit in the news where I <laughs> talked about Californian tax codes. Hell yeah, bro. which is also staying in. Also now. all
0: staying in. Right. So the uh, yeah, I thought that the the dialogue and the writing and the scripting in general, the overarching story was like. The most surprising thing is that the story wasn't cliched because it was it, it, it fits such a pattern. Mm. You're like if you're looking at like a I don't know, if you pulled down like a um like a murder mystery template into final draft, I feel yeah. like it would have three sections that were like character introductions, complication and pursuit yeah. and investigation. discovery, investigation, right, and then just like reveal. And yeah. this would just fit that exactly to the T and it's exactly how you would First draft, go about doing that, but then it was so high quality. Perfectly for polished. All of those bits. Exactly. Yeah. It was a masterclass in how to kind of execute one of these very simple murder mystery movies. Yeah. So that was really good. I think the
1: more I think about it, the more I think my cheesy comment was about Jojo Rabbit. I think that right. <laughs> there was another movie we was seen recently right. where I had that problem where the, the general structure of the screenplay was really well done, but scene to scene, there were some cheesy moments. This yeah. movie, I think, no, it was great. I really enjoyed it. And I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if someone had
0: that criticism of it, I could understand where they were coming from, but I think it would be more about the structure of the story yeah. than it would be about.
1: I think this movie was really funny. Mm. Yeah, I loved yeah, how yeah. funny it was in scenes. All the characters are different. It reminds me of uh, a common. Uh, like a screenwriter's tip that I think the writers of Friends gave when they were talking about why they think it was a successful sitcom and they said you could put you any two you never want to be gay <laughs> if someone thinks that you're gay you have to immediately clarify <laughs> well no I mean that, that aside that aside they said you can put any two of those characters in a room together and it works yeah
0: yeah you can you, never they, they have to be able to have a conversation right yeah exactly yeah. and yeah.
1: I think that the same can almost be said of this where there's enough right. interaction between all of the different characters, and all the characters want something from everyone else, to the point where every scene just works, and every scene almost writes itself in a way that's per- perfectly set up characters. And
0: on that note, they're all such strong. They're not. They don't necessarily get a lot of development for a bunch of the characters, but they're well, all no. so strongly signaled.
1: It's like what he they sort, are. yeah, he sort of has to give a broad strokes outline of each character, and every character is done really well. Like you sort of get from one scene, right? Because there are about. 15 characters in yeah. this movie like yeah. I'm just thinking like
0: I, I think I, I almost have like this stencil impression of all of these different characters Yeah, so you've well, got you like got... Jamie Lee Curtis she's smoking all the time and she's got these glasses on right and she's sort of very jaded like,
1: Tony Collette is this Instagram influencer LA type LA right? yeah
0: yeah like Michael Shannon's got a, a walking cane all the time there's Don Johnson who's like the Trump voting shithead yeah like yeah, yeah they're, they're all such... And then there's, like, the kids where there's, like, a college art student girl and, like, this dickhole uh, alt-right little weasel boy. Yeah. And they, it, they, it just gives you a few keywords and an appearance and you're immediately just like, I understand that.
1: Oh, I would be you know? interested to see maybe how dated... Because remember when we were talking how about... How this goes
0: in like 10 years? Yeah. Because yeah, remember when we were talking wondering. about
1: how a lot of action movies from the 70s and 80s rely on the sh- cultural shorthand around people understanding the political relationship between the Russia and America? Yeah. And they re- reference all these different Cold War details where it would be like, you have to have a familiarity with the Cold War right. in the same way as I suppose a lot of people today have a familiarity with the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, where if there's a movie about that... There's enough stuff that they don't have to explain where it feels like, right, we're in. Similarly, with all the cultural stereotypes in this, where every character is a different social stereotype, I wonder how this would go in 50 years. Maybe this movie will feel a bit quaint in the same way as those Agatha Christie ones do. Maybe back in the day, those Agatha Christie-type stories, those characters felt a bit more fleshed out Mm. because they were related to social stereotypes that were relevant at the time. Like you have the... uh, Socialite type lady and the, the spinster lady and the rich young business whatever the fuck those yeah. characters are, in but Act they the feel like clue characters, right? Right, they feel quaint to us. Mm-hmm. But maybe back in the day, it was the same thing where people were reading like, "Oh, no, I got it. I'm with you. Uh, you don't have to explain this character. Right. I've seen this character a hundred times." They either, they're they're either
0: behave in a way where you expect them to behave, or they're subverting that trope and they're behaving the opposite of that way. Right. right?
1: Well, cause so, so in this, for example, one of the characters is a is an Instagram beauty influencer type. Va- talks about like a valley girl type, Tony Collette's Tony Carac- Collette's, character. which is also like
0: fuck, she's good. She's really I just good. forget that she's Australian. Yeah, she, she just has she's incredible. She and Daniel Craig are two. Uh, actors that break my rule of never give an actor another accent. Oh, because Daniel they're Craig's so th- fucking. Daniel good.
1: Craig's taken the piss a bit for I sure. Know, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's
0: good. But I, I kept, I kept <laughs> feeling like it was an American doing an American accent, right? But then you think about it and you're like, oh, that fuck is James Bond. Like, yeah. And when he speaks, he speaks as like James Bond does. It's not like he then lilts back into an Amer- a normal American accent, he lilts back into a full British accent. I just thought it was impressive. What, that he's, that he's... It's stupid. It
1: sounds like you're explaining that he's fucking up the accents.
0: No, no, like he... W- sorry. When... I, my For my brain, it sounded like he was doing a cartoonish accent. He is doing a cartoonish accent. I know. But... Underneath that, if if he, I feel like if he, I felt like if he were to break character, he would break character to an American voice. Right. But okay, if he right. broke character, it would be to a British. It sounds like an American accent. guy doing a bad accent, but right. a British guy yeah, doing a bad accent. Yeah, which is impressive because it yeah. feels like if Tony and similar deal. If Tony Collette was like, oh, I fucked that take up. Yeah. She wouldn't speak in an Australian accent. It feels like she'd speak in an American accent I when actually so her natural accent is Australian.
1: Maybe that lends itself to the uh, maybe that's uh, the film has the advantage of a lot of these characters. Just kind of broad strokes, cartoon character kind of versions of the characters, anyway. Right. But yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting thought, though, whether like they, a, b- a lot of these different stereotypes would date very well or not. Mm. Like the little alt right kid, I feel like is maybe the one that's the least developed. But even then, that's an idea of a stereotype that maybe might not make sense because he's on Twitter and talking about like Republican yeah, politics. Yeah, someone rinsed
0: rinse him about like, well, what are you off to do? Fucking SWAT Syrian refugees again? which yeah. is like, yeah, something that's. Sort of relevant to the
1: last five years. Yeah, so I suppose maybe it is this th- well, but this it's film- very relevant to the last <laughs> five years. Andrew trivialising the plight of Syrian yeah. refugees. Yeah. Oh no!
0: What are you the <laughs> any Murdoch newspaper? That's no, me, any
1: Murdoch newspaper. <laughs> That's what you sound like, mate Yeah um, Didn't if, commit If we're going through our little template I don't think that I particularly noticed anything to do with the cinematography I think the star of this movie is the story and the structure of the way in which it's written <laughs> The star of this movie is the lighting department, my friend <laughs> This movie was incredibly
0: lit Yeah And not in like the Oh, fucking Fuck poc- yeah, bro Um yeah, no, it was like I think if you go back and look, they fuck yeah,
1: bro, that lighting is that impeccable. Was, it, was fuck, yeah,
0: <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Um, I was gonna say lit there, and then I said awesome instead. Good one. Uh, thank you. It w- w- the yeah, I think like physically talking about, I, I agree. Like yeah, sure, the strength it, w- it was like yeah, the the acting and the dialogue and the scripting. It's a real house they filmed it in, I think. Right.
1: And so would have that would have been an amazing get. But I suppose part of that is the challenge of then lighting that house properly. Well, the set that.
0: design was really great too. Like, was, like this was house really was good. just full of so much shit, yeah. which served two purposes. One, it made the house feel very lived in, and again, like that, like it reminded me of the mansion they live in in Jumanji.
1: Yeah, it was a villa. Like that was it. Uh,
0: and yeah, there's just so much shit around that it almost means that like whatever shot you're you've composed, you're never looking at unused space because there's always some fucking cabinet with 15 things sitting in the background that are yeah. just slightly out of focus to to break up the shot a little bit which is really nice but no i i thought that the uh, there was a particular scene for example of daniel craig sitting outside where he's completely shrouded in darkness for the entire scene right there's a light beam that comes through and the only sign of life that you see from him is the lit tip of his cigar and then even that goes away, and he's just blowing smoke through the light beam as he's talking to uh, Marta, which I really liked. It's just some clever... A few clever ways, but like, in general, pretty naturalistic cinematography, but then the I just felt like the lighting made the house feel so, like, warm at points, and I don't know, it really felt... I felt like it uh, made the house feel really lived in, and... Uh, they did a really good job of lighting it very naturally as it would feel.
1: Yeah, right. I, c- I can't say I noticed it. Maybe it was to do with the way that it I think was I was watching done. a shitload
0: of lighting <laughs> tutorials right <laughs> beforehand, and so I was like,
1: fuck, this looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, one of those things that maybe if they've done their job well, you might not necessarily notice Right, it. but then I was thinking about like,
0: God, how did they fucking... I think at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. It's like, ah, oh, they've... Di- uh, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Oh, that's cool. Whatever. That's my lighting nerd shit. Um... But yeah, other than that, I feel like the... Similarly to Marriage Story, the cinematography was generally made to Serve facilitate the story. The story exactly. Yeah. In fact, there was this, uh, a similar thing to Marriage Story where during the scene, and this is approaching story spoilers, but not quite, there's a yeah. scene where Marta is chased outside by the family. <laughs> and... Um, or like, not chased, but like, pursued, I suppose. And... Uh, it's the, one of the only handheld shots and like shaky cam shots in the entire film. And it's meant to be like, I don't know. I noticed it straight away. It's supposed to make it's it feel just, a bit frantic or yeah, something. It, if you it's feel really like you're with her, right? Because you actually come up to meet her at the bottom of the steps, whereas she's walking down from the house. And so, I, I, as soon as I saw like the shakiness, I was like, "Oh fuck, this is weird." Is What's that a bit of, like dodgy tripod work? But no, <laughs> it's yeah. It was just the only only handheld shot that I noticed in the entire film. That's the rest cool. of it is very like. Locked off tripod shots or, or whatever. Even
1: yeah. though I bound back to get down and be like, that's uh, that's the reason. That's the only. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, you could think about uh, her walking down the stairs as like a descent into oh. hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. God. So I guess we can jump into some uh, spoilers if you want. Yeah, let's do it. Gloves off. Fuck off. All right.
1: All right. Here's the fun bit.
0: Yeah. So, oh, so b- bottom line, I think, and I think this has been clear. This movie's great. I think it's fun. It's going to be showing for ages, but you should go and see it over the holidays because uh, I think it. We were in the second row. Brutal. um, And uh, it was honestly unpleasant. Like, I normally don't care where I sit, but it it did. It was quite distracting, and I think it would have been a good movie. I'd almost go and see it again. I think it would have been a good movie to see in the movies, especially because it makes you focus on it. Yeah. And so, I think you're a lot more like sucked into the storyline. Yeah. I can. So no, that's go that's and often see this a, in a weird theater.
1: reason that people don't think enough about.
0: Yeah. You can't check your phone in a movie theater. Yeah. Which, get off your phone in the movies, you <laughs> shitheads, even if you're watching it online and
1: on Netflix or whatever. <laughs> just put your phone away. Anyway. Anyway, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Um, yeah. One thing I really liked about this movie in a way it played with convention – is how it tells you halfway through the movie sort of most of the mystery. Right. Like, it, you think... There's sort of two murder mysteries in this, this That's this donut hole thing. This Yeah, there's sort of two <laughs> mysteries, and it tells you... The mystery you think, where you're like, all right, so who killed him and why is he dead? It tells you that. Like, halfway into the right. movie, like, here's who killed him, here's how he was dead, here's this behind-the-scenes scene we didn't show you where, they have a discussion which leads to him dying. Done. And, and it like, sort of gives you a double
0: payoff, because the whole first part of the movie where you're being introduced to every character, your mind is going, which one of you fuckers did it? Which one of and you so guys killed the old man? You've, like, pieced it together, how you who you think it's going to be, or whatever, or, like, yeah. you've got a couple of... Of thoughts, and then halfway through the movie, it gives you a payoff of like, here's what actually happened.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right. Here's how he actually died. Yeah. And, and so then you now,
0: s- it's right watching the story unfold about that.
1: Yeah. So th- the motivation. So there's a lot of investigation with Benoit and Anita de character, uh, <laughs> um, where. There's a lot of investigation where all of a sudden her motivations have completely changed, and she and it's it's sort of it's a fun way to sort of reinvigorate the movie halfway yeah. into what could have been like Daniel Craig just piecing together clues <laughs> yeah. for forty five god this would have been a shit
0: fucking movie oh god <laughs> yeah.
1: um so I think we can just go out and say so so, so what it what it reveals is that. Um, Ana de Armas. Ana de Armas's character, who is the nurse who is responsible for giving this old bloke all his medication, has accidentally fucked up and given him ten times too much dosage of the like medication.
0: 30 times as much morphine as he's meant to have.
1: Accidentally gives him like a fatal dose of morphine instead of like a really large dose of whatever his normal fucking medication is. And you see this, this conversation where he says, well, if I'm dead anyway, how about Will fake my death. How about um, I'll like slash my throat? You can run off and we'll sort of set up this series of circumstances. And he tells to make her exactly look- what she needs to do. And so the fun bit is that it's already doing the thing that most murder mysteries do at the end, where it right. shows you flashbacks of all the sequences that the detective was reconstructing before, but from the other angle. So yeah, there's, it's there's before a shot. it happens. So there's yeah. a shot, for example, where earlier in the scene, it's like, um, oh, I remember seeing Harlan going downstairs to the kitchen to grab a snack. And I told him to go back up to bed. And then it shows a flashback from the other side that was um that was the maid dressed up as the old bloke. That
0: was Anna, yeah. There's um, another maid. But yeah.
1: Whatever. All sorts Goodness. of different scenes were already getting this satisfying this satisfying kind of payoff. Payoff a little bit where it's showing you um, all right, so you're going to escape down this way and you're going to do this and then at this time you're going to do this which is going to trigger that guy to see this which we saw earlier in the movie yep. and then you're going to do this which is what we saw earlier in the movie here and it's already like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, all right, I can't <laughs> believe we're only 45 minutes in. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. are you doing, Ryan? I've already seen a whole murder <laughs> mystery. <laughs> yeah. But How it does, gonna- it did make me think like, what? All right. Where to from here? Interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. And so yeah. then you're
1: like, all right, well, then now I know. So then the fun bit is you realize that this whole time, Anna de Armas has been trying to tactfully. Once again, uh, the character who can't lie Right, has been having to tactfully avoid Telling a direct lie yeah. to the detective And so she's been the one Helping with this investigation She knows what happened the whole time right. And so then that makes you think about what's already happened And be like, fuck, so when that was happening She was thinking this yeah. And then throughout the rest of the investigation It's a lot of like Benoit finding clues And Anna's Armas at the same time Trying to hastily like cover some up Right,
0: so she has to like play dumb at some points And like yeah, well, I mean, hopefully, if you're listening to this point, you've seen yeah, it. But or you're you know, okay, it's yeah, like <laughs> she walks through the footprints leading up to the gate, and she has to just pretend to not hear them. And they're like,
1: "Fuck, <laughs> fuck, you just trampled she's those like, footprints!" But she's like, yeah, "Yeah, they were my footprints. Yeah, I just yeah, trampled.
0: Um, suckers. Like yeah. wiping her own fingerprints oh, off of stuff. Just quickly, the scene where so one of the I think the most tense scene in the movie is the one where she misadministers the dose.
1: Oh fuck yeah! It yeah. is,
0: and I'll I will I will say I was. I really like that in this film, she was given a full, like, I think she was basically the main character of this movie. Yeah. And uh, most of the movies I've seen her in, if not all of them, she's cast as like an icon of beauty. Like the hot chick or whatever. Right. And like, I liked, I really liked her character in Blade Runner uh, because I felt like it was really subverting that trope of like, she's. Purchased as a thing to look nice, and then the, the the big twist is that she develops this personality and becomes this autonomous agent. Yeah,
1: um, where well, at least like she's a nurse that's like ca- capable and confident, right? And, yeah, well,
0: uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, she's she is capable and confident. I think she's at her most capable and confident when she's talking with him, the old dude, because she's sort of. And you start to realise why, obviously, when it becomes clear that she's trying to cover up the fact that she accidentally killed him. (laughs) But um, she comes across as really timid and, uh, uh, you know, mouse-like, I guess. I suppose so. But then when she's with him and they're playing Go is the first moment where you kind of see what she might have normally been like yeah. where she's super relaxed around him. She's she tells, sassy She's like sick of his shit a little bit, but she likes him. So yeah. she'll, she's putting up with it, but like cut your bullshit old man, Yeah, you know, and he, and she beats him at go, which is cool because like you would expect that he would, I don't know. You just expect if this was a shitty movie that like the old wise dude would be able to like beat the young yeah. immigrant woman at, Go, the smart person game But <laughs> this is like No, she wrecks his shit Every time And it actually really Frustrates him And it becomes this Major point with him yeah. And Chris Evans Later in the movie yeah, he's like, oh, I thought Really cool But I, I was, but I was amazed By her acting in that scene Because she starts off A, different to the rest Of her entire character In the movie Where she's well, jovial you know, And joking That's the only moment
1: Where you see her Like doing her work As, right, an, as a right, medical right. professional Exactly And, and so she really s- slips into it And the fir- that's the first time Where you see her Like make this mistake And she's like Oh fuck, fuck. Right And the,
0: you see the full the full gamut of realizations that she has over that process where like she immediately realizes she like starts to panic and then she realizes she's like no it's okay i've got this yeah this, the antidote in my bag and she's like starting to rifle through a bag she's starting to become more and more worried and uh, like you get you know that like hot sensation on the back of your neck you when can you always know feel that. up you could yeah. feel that yeah like it was uh, really, 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 really impressive to see this and like stressful yeah. to see it unfold. And I think she just did a really great job of um, managing to mix all those emotions together of like being upset and stressed and frustrated all together. Oh, she, yeah, she did really a great cool. job, yeah. I mean, she was good for the rest of it, but that was for me like I think the – maybe not the high point of the whole movie – but, um, the most impressed that I was with her yeah. performance, yeah
1: well, so yeah, so so this is all part of this behind the scenes kind of sequence where we get to find out how it is that this old dude died, yeah, and so then you're like, right, well, now we know that he did kill himself, tried to make it, did he try to make it look like murder, or do they just think? He no, they tried to make it look like suicide. Right, so he's killed himself and tried to make it look like suicide, but instead then you've of got an this, accident, then you've got instead of an accident, then you've got right, yeah, because he, the old man, doesn't want her to get in trouble for yeah. accidentally misadmi- misadministering this. And dose. One of the main
0: reasons is because her mother is still illegal. In the States, and if she gets attention drawn to her, then they'll deport her mother.
1: Right. So, and her so whole family's fucked, basically. It's this nice, compassionate thing, and I like Christopher Christopher Plummer's character a lot. So, then the yeah, donut cool. within the, the donut, if you will, where you've you figured out the mystery, but you're like, well, hold on, there's another half a movie to go. It's like, right, well, then who hired, who hired Daniel Craig's character- Yeah, to figure this out. To figure this out. Because he so didn't then as know the audience- he was going
0: to be killed. Right, exactly. Before so, it happened. So,
1: as the audience, you have this omniscient view of the whole story yeah. where we, we now see that he didn't know he was going to be killed. He just killed himself. Right. But then Benoit got hired before any of this shit happened.
0: So, something was afoot already.
1: Right. And so, there's just a few little niggling details. But then, of course, Anna, Anna de Armas has got this problem where she's. Her, her issue is ramping up and up and up throughout. Mm. So, the, the, the last. 25 minutes or so of this movie goes by so quickly and it's fucking great. Yeah. Um, Ramps up to the next complication which is that old mate.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, Ransom comes in, Chris Evans' character, he's like the last person that's introduced doing exactly the same shit as that Neon Hotel movie um, where he just shows up 10 minutes before the end and starts fucking killing people. No, I don't know. You remember the one? No. Yeah, you've seen it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah, Bad times at the hotel or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he comes in and he's like, and he reveals a few more pieces of information. And that's around the same time, I think, that the will, because he shows up for the will reading. Right. That's so it. then, yeah, they're like, okay, we're, we're unboxing. Unboxing. <laughs> Unbo- I'm doing an unboxing vid of my grandpa's
1: will. We've well, we got some lovely seals on the outside yeah. here. That's nice. Yeah, to he's see. got like the
0: overhead camera view. He's like <laughs> breaking the wax seal and he's like taking it out. It's like, oh, lovely lettering. Um, there's got to be an unboxing video of a will <laughs> <laughs> somewhere out there.
1: Old dude has left his entire... So half the point of this is that this is a really rich family and it's kind of like that Wes Anderson Grand Budapest hotel scene where everyone wants a piece of the fortune (laughs) and everyone's pretending to give a fuck about About this old guy (laughs) just so they can get the money. Like, I think that... The old dude by now we found out that the old dude has cut off this LA Instagrammer lifestyle chick because she's taking advantage of his money. So we found um, out
0: that and part of the thing that was locked into all of their motivations was that they all, want his they money. all got and they and he sort of fucked them all a yeah. little bit before he died. Yeah. So yeah, he cuts off the Instagrammer because she was double dipping for her daughter's yeah. school funds. His he son that out- runs the
1: publishing company of his of his books gets cut off and gets fired as the executive of that Company, um, the old
0: shithead Trump voter dude is cheating on Jamie Curtis. Yeah,
1: so there's all these little things. With, so they, they all clearly don't care about their family, but they're all pretending to. And so when this will comes, and out, also
0: like a taking the taking their privilege and their wealth for granted completely, yeah. and being more selfish.
1: Will comes out, and of course Christopher Plummer has left all of his fortune and everything to the nurse <laughs> and to so the
0: armist. One of the cornier scenes in the movie that I still liked was when. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is like This is our fucking house And then they (laughs) all turn around To the wheel guy And the wheel guy's like Sorry just let me um, No actually it's her house
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good Good shit (laughs) Yeah Yeah. And so then you get the problem Of like the whole family Trying to hound her And she's now on the run Because she has this fortune She's just
0: inherited Like $100 $100 million and yeah, everything. It's yeah. like $60 million was the smallest piece of the will. That was like the raw liquid asset. Yeah. So she's like in charge of a publishing empire now. She's got she like the world the media. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And she's like, a, yeah, just this uh, child of an immigrant registered nurse making fuck all an hour. Yeah. So huge lifestyle change.
1: I don't think it's worth spoiling the very, very, very ending because I don't right. think there's much to discuss with it and it's a fun little chunk, right?
0: Okay. The thing that I do want to bring up is how much I really like... It's It It happens sort of from the Will reading scene moving forward a little bit further into the movie. Yeah. Um, how you watch all of these characters just turn as soon as the money is involved, is out of the, yeah. right? Or is out of the question. Like, and how... How much they keep their cool as long as they think they're still getting the money, and then as soon as it's taken away from them, or there's even the slightest hint of a threat to it, they yeah. just fucking turn into wolves, right? Yeah, and uh, you know, and they're even the nice ones. Yeah, like as
1: soon as it's threatened, like this, there's just a scene cave. My, one of my favorite scenes with that is like the young granddaughter that's yeah, about the same age yeah. as the nurse is like, hey, I think it's um, Meg. Yeah, yeah, she looks, says give the nurse a call and is like, hey, um, so the rest of my family don't know I'm calling but like I just wanted to see if you're okay. I know that we're kind of friends and you know, just look, if I forget this money stuff but like where are you? We should just hang out and have a chat and um, where are you? Where are you? <laughs> like, but no, she says, she even says like, she's calling us. she's
0: like, basically starts off by like, hey, I just wanted to make sure you're okay and then she sort of like has this really thin tangent before she's like, also, I think the right thing to do is give the money back. Yeah,
1: also, don't you think you should give the money back? Right. Like, uh, seriously? Should you give- and, and she's then like, hangs my up schooling's th- at risk. Hangs up the phone, and then it's the whole family crowded around the yeah. phone. as this- And the
0: camera just slow pans around, and it's like nine people watching that phone call happen. Right. And Meg is the one that cared about her. And then you find out like, she, she told the family about um, the immigrant mother, the, yeah, her mom being undocumented, so now they've got something to hold against her, and so the way, yeah, which is a horrible betrayal because she's the only person that she was close to, friends, yeah.
1: With. And I, I love the way in which this movie, so it sort of almost gives this murder mystery like a second wind, where yeah. It becomes it's a really bit of a cool. becomes a bit of a thriller where um, Anna De Armas is now kind of on the run and driving around the town with Christopher Chris Evans's character, mm. who's decided like, fuck this whole family of greedy vultures, I'm just going to help you. Um, driving around the place and trying to like um, track down someone who seems to have a final clue about what's really happening right. with this whole situation. Yeah, the setup
0: for the next part is like Ananda Armas gets the blackmail. Not the blackmail, the yeah, the blackmail but with about, the psychology. Like, I the, know what you did. Right.
1: I know that he OD'd. And so the final sort of 20 minutes of the film is. Anita Armus is threatened with this, like I know what you did, with a toxicology report that they hadn't had the results to yet, which would have indicated that he died of the overdose, not of the neck blood right. thing.
0: And if she, obviously, if she's ruled as being she's a murderer, then fucked. she's not entitled to stand. Yeah, overdose. right. Yeah.
1: Um, so Chris, Chris Ravens is driving around trying to find. Goes to the blood place that burns down. Uh, the, the the place where they do the blood test that burns down. Um, goes to meet up with the informant who turns out to be the housemaid mm. that had got a copy of the toxicology report, but she is mysteriously murdered before she gets a chance to talk to her and be like, who are you speaking to? Um... Benoit at some Hugh point. Who
0: are you speaking to?
1: <laughs> Benoit at some point sees them driving around, and now Benoit is chasing them as well. So you get Daniel Craig chasing these people and be like, "All right, seriously, what the fuck is going on?" Yeah, I love that. Like she's like denying his call, and
0: then she looks out the window, and he's like leaning out his car window, pointing to his phone, being like,
1: <laughs> yeah, answer, "Answer the, the fucking, fucking phone!" phone. <laughs> it's so
0: funny. I, love- I was like, maybe my favorite bit of the whole film is like her looking up, and he's like. Hanging out the window, like, less than a meter away. It's your dumb-ass phone. Like, why is she looking at the (laughs) phone? Having a car chase. He's in her peripheral vision, and he's still, (laughs) like angrily calling her. <laughs> One of my favourite scenes funny. that's also
1: very funny is when, so when she drives up to the burnt down medical centre and Daniel Craig is out the front talking to a cop yeah, and he, he you just, think turns around and yeah, sees them. In any other movie she'd be far enough away that they're safe and far away but <laughs> yeah. in this movie she's so far away but she's the only car the on the only road thing and on Daniel the road. Craig turns around and just looks straight at her and gives her like a, re- a weird wave like, uh, hey, yeah what are you doing and there? then he
0: like kind of like crashes down to get a closer view and she's like
1: <laughs> oh, oh shit fuck.
0: and then that's yeah. when this car chase and starts he just, with, like, like starts to walk towards her and she's like fuck fuck you're <laughs> like, what did you think was gonna happen very funny good yeah. shit
1: um I think their relationship is great. It is really good. The Daniel Craig really out of the arms oh, dynamic is brilliant, yeah. especially after the twist happens and you, in the middle of the film, and you find out that like she's got something to hide but can't lie right, and all that shit. Right. There's a lot of scenes where um, she's trying to like suppress vomiting because she's trying to get away with a lie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The ending of the whole mystery is that you find out that. Chris Evans' character, this ransom kid, like, oh, I don't give a fuck about this family, let me help you escape, that was all an act. And actually, what he was trying to do is he swapped the medicine deliberately so that Anna de Armas would give Christopher Plummer an Take overdose and kill him. He got the antidote out of the bag so they wouldn't be able to give the antidote to save his life. And he is the one that played the architect to all the shit in the second half of the movie. Yeah, he hired
0: Daniel Craig, and also he did that because he knew that um, Christopher Plummer was going to give Ana de Armas all of his inheritance, and that if she was found responsible for his death, then she would get nothing. So, so that was his way of fucking her over to get his the, piece to of Still the get the inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really what my favorite like oh I didn't realize that's what was happening when I first watched it on screen was when you just see him be really pensive and then he covers it by saying like I was just thinking about that go thing yeah. and you realize later that actually he was like oh fuck she didn't she didn't make him OD, I'm completely fucked and someone else knows and they've got the toxicology oh, I didn't report even, that I didn't means even notice that Yeah, when he's sitting there like picking at his teeth. Yeah. And you realize like he was having this massive realization that his whole plan was falling to pieces and he had to very quickly come up with something else and that's why the next thing that he says is like, here's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna help you, I'm gonna help you keep that money. Yeah. Because he's just like Put it back together in his head. But mm. he's like losing his mind in that moment. It's really cool.
1: A- an example of a little scene that maybe was an obvious clue that I sort of took for granted at the time was when Ana de Armas has to climb up the, the side of the wall. It's outside the room of the like um, demented old woman who is sort of 190 or something. <laughs> Like she's she's, yeah, she's one hundred ninety. She's got dementia, and she's like oh They're like, no one knows how old she is, but she's his mom, and he's ninety. So how old I is she? I don't think she does have dementia. I think everyone just treats her like shit. Right? Well, no, because she's the point is she's really, really old. She's, she's supposed old. to be his mom.
0: Yeah, and, and he was and ninety. No, yeah, yeah, right. She could have had um, him when she was like, one hundred twenty.
1: Like she could be one hundred twenty or something. The point is, she uh, Anna the Armist comes down the comes down the trellis, and she's like, "Oh, ransom, you're back," and you think like, "Oh, crazy old woman." Mm. and you find out later in the very very end she of the movie she says you're back again you're back again um ransom had climbed out that window like an hour beforehand right to swap the vials right and or that's something. why she was like
0: but he had left before that which is why she was like you're back again
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so all these little clues that come back we're like ah oh, fuck i should have known <laughs> yeah oh that's awesome um the little thing i like the little tease at the end or the little not at the end when um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character says like, "Oh, yeah, I always felt that Dad and I got along in our own little way. We had our own little special language, you know." Yeah. Um, the I our, turned our to my partner
0: s- who watched it with me, and I was like, "It's
1: Invisible Ink." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so then,
1: um, when so then when uh, Christopher Plummer's character holds so up like a lemon holds up like a pink envelope and is like, "In here, I've written a letter to your wife saying that you cheated on her. Saying I'm going to give you, it to you, her tomorrow. He fuck you." Route. And he opens it and it's empty. Yeah, it's invisible ink. At the end, I thought, ah, a special language. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's
0: English. (laughs) (laughs) If anything, it's a special medium.
1: (laughs) We like to think we have our own special (laughs) (laughs) medium. Our own special ink.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's lemon juice. It's invisible until you heat it up.
1: What is it? 2001? Yeah, everyone knows that. (laughs) Well, apparently you didn't, mate. I didn't. The point is I didn't think they were <laughs> literally talking about Invisible Ink and it was a nice little comeback at the end. It, it had was nothing Invisible to do with the story, but it was like, <laughs> oh, it, I it. What I it really did nicely
0: was it put a bow on every single member of the family getting fucked over for being an yeah. asshole? <laughs> it yeah, like, it was good. No one else won, yeah. just her. Very good. Yeah,
1: I couldn't think of much else to say about this movie. I, yeah. um, it was great. I like all the little twists and turns. I think that even if you've gotten to this point and you still haven't watched it, I think it's worth going in on. Yeah, Fuck probably. Like, I think it's interesting you'll to watch. Probably half
0: of what we've talked about in the course of watching it. It's very probably. Enthralling.
1: And this whole investigation that's really interesting. It's again, it's really funny. Mm. All the different characters are really great and really compelling. I'd, I'd watch it again. But yeah, that's when when you were going to go see it. I was going to see if I could make it work that I could come and have watched it for the second mm. time with you because then I could have. Tried to pick up on all these little twists and turns the second time. Figured out that it was lemon Um, juice, yeah. (laughs) The true donut hole. Idiot. Um, (laughs) Donut holes all the way down, baby. This movie will never end. This movie's just donut holes. (laughs) Where's the donut?
0: Anyway. Um, Yeah, okay. So, like, better than worse than... I don't really watch many murder mysteries. Well, in
1: terms of big ensemble magic trick type movies... Um, this almost reminded me a bit of... Uh, you said
0: earlier, the Oceans movies?
1: Oceans movies, yeah. The Bad Times at the El, Com- El Royal. I think this is a oh, bit like that. Yeah, you know what? Where that movie's yeah. got a bit of a, a magic trick to it.
0: Sure. This was better than Bad Times at the El Royale, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, think I, I agree. I think I agree. They're kind of different movies. It's
0: still, if you recall, like, Bad Times at the L.A.R. still does the murder mystery thing because you, like, there is the, there's the there's character with the two-way glass that gets broken and you realise, like, oh, someone was already here. Who was already here? And then you get yeah. each character's story progressively. Yeah. So, okay. actually, that's a much better comparison than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was actually right. like, oh, it's got Chris Evans in it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I forgot that he was even in but it. But yeah, no. Yeah. It's, it is a bit of a murder mystery to start with. I yeah. think it's
1: definitely on par with that. I think that if you enjoyed that, you'd enjoy this. Yeah, for sure better than I don't know I, I don't have a worse than then. I, yeah. I think that this is probably it pays tribute to so many different Agatha Christie movies like the best way to watch the TV the Agatha Christie shit is with the David Suchet TV specials right um, he did up like six seasons of them for British TV and they're all like an hour and a half long or whatever um, and then there were None and Murder on the Orient Express 2 that I mentioned a lot just because they have to be my favourites um, but I think a lot of those are probably going to give you the same kind of flavor, but I really like the way they've modernized this and sort of It's very cool. It's very cool and they sort of it's a bit refreshing. It's not just a copy-paste boilerplate kind of look at it. I like the way they've sort of done this double reveal kind of thing. Uh, and it keeps you going and it it's sort of it just when you think that he's settled into this sort of traditional three-act structure, it sort of rips you out of it a bit. and You're like, "All oh, right, no, okay,
0: let's let's mm. let's keep going on this." Mm. In terms of, I, I, I'm gonna suggest that we do for our like top of the year or whatever that we do. I, I really like the scale of enjoyable and, like, what did I enjoy and what did I admire. Enjoyable and ad- 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 in- Enjoyment and admiration are my two scales. <laughs> I mean, and we have
1: enough, tr- enough trouble with better <laughs> than getting, worse yeah, There, yeah, if we have a scale to fucking enjoyable and admiration. Well, just because... As an know, X and Y axis? Like some of this...
0: No, no, no. Just... just <laughs> re- like, if I'm going to do two top 5s Put I'll some do... of
1: those Nazi Lena movies or whatever. And that'll be look, <laughs> yeah. I I admire it? No. <laughs> I enjoy it? No. Hold on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me get out my Eisenhower matrix. <laughs> Fuck.
1: <laughs> this is high-importance...
0: Low priority, this discussion. <laughs> the Irishman. Um,
1: I admire <laughs> it, but don't enjoy it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I will not see it. Um, still get to watch it. God, i got to get around at that. Uh, what I was going to say is this would be easily in my top five this year of films I enjoyed. It, it right. might make ones that I admired as well, but well, definitely th- up there with <laughs> enjoy. This might be the most fun I had with a m- movie. Maybe not this year, but like...
1: Well, see, I think, yeah, you, I think sometimes good. you say you don't like that. I think it's a valid way to interpret movies sometimes it's just I had a lot of fun watching that I'm okay because, if I get both yeah I think I think a lot of the time like people aren't so this is an example of like where the real sort of the real sort of art to this movie is and the writing and the structure of the mm. movie and the the way he's put it together in a way that feels a bit like a popcorn kind of movie yeah and I think that it's not predictable which is in itself a, an achievement but, yeah, there's no, like, amazing arty shots or anything that, like, a traditionally, like, what we're like, oh, that was a beautiful movie. No. Or whatever. But sure. I think that in some ways, like, it's hard to quantify those two as being, like, I don't know whether I liked You Were Never Really Here or Knives Out better.
0: Yeah, I yeah, I think yeah. they're both well, They do very different things. They do very right? different things, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, that, that'll do so, it this week, so I guess. So, fuck
1: your ad- admiration or enjoyment. <laughs> I'm going to go with art or popcorn. Okay. Well,
0: <laughs> yeah. Each to their own. Um I would personally, like, I value the admiration scale more, but this would be <laughs> super high on my enjoyment. I really enjoyed this film. You enjoy
1: the admiration scale. I enjoyed scale, the
0: shit out of it.
1: But you don't yeah. necessarily admire the admire, enjoyment scale.
0: I admire the enjoyment scale, but I enjoy the admiration
1: scale more. <laughs> more than you admire the yes. enjoyment. Yeah, right. Now yeah. I'm with you. Cool. Great. If you're still with us, <laughs> you can yes. email us. With oh, any- <laughs> welcome back, listeners. I hope you
0: enjoyed your nap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can email us, Pod. At gmail.com, our Facebook discussion group, which is um, not dying, but, you know, it's going through a bit of a slump. It's just Pat <laughs>
0: <laughs> carrying us all through. If you, if you want so to subscribe to the subreddit you. that
1: is Pat, you can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dive in on our beef station, beef posting Facebook discussion group where we announce all the new episodes, uh, post little links and yeah, we ask, go ask teasy little questions. What mm. uh, have been fun so far? Come join in on that. I think that's about all we got, right? If you have any ideas for the show, let us know. Um, yeah. I think that by the time this episode comes out, the next episode we're going to do is probably going to be Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. So in any case, go and see that. We've already pre-recorded our episodes because we saw it a little while ago now. We wanted to give you some hot takes. Yeah. Uh, we also might try and squeeze in some sort of New Year's special or a Christmas special if we have time to go right, watch. Right, because the
0: next one, next next time we would record would be on Christmas eve Ning I'm free. So. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Don't know yet, mate. All um, right. Probably dressing up as Santa Claus and giving kids coal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and on that, that's it for this week's episode of Beef Station. Thank yes. you for listening. I'm Oscar.
0: I am Andrew. See you later. Bye.
2: I'm going to live till I die. I'm going to laugh cry, I'm gonna take the town and turn it upside down. I'm gonna live, live, live until I die. They're gonna say, What a guy. I'm gonna play for the sky. Ain't gonna miss a thing. I'm gonna have my fling. I'm gonna live, live, live until I die. The blues I lay low, I'll make them stay low. They'll never trail over my head. I'll be a devil. Till I'm an angel.